Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Bat Fans Without Pants and Socks in the 52-inch Ways. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, and we are on episode number 68. My name is Tim. I'm going to be the host again two weeks in a row for this podcast. So, But joining me as the co-host again is Dane. What's up, Dane? Hey, Tim. Thank you for hosting because, you know, I mean, I've said this before on podcasts, but... We usually record on a Friday night for Tim and afternoon for me, and I just got off of work, and oh, I'm exhausted. It's late afternoon for you, 5 o'clock. With, I think that's late afternoon, borderline early evening, I would say. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I gotta, my, my, my bedtime is in one hour, yeah. <laughs> so I, I have to get this done and go to sleep already because, you know, okay, you I have to get my beauty sleep. Yes, and- right? You don't want to get in trouble by uh, staying up too late and going past your bedtime. <laughs> you don't want to get scolded at. When was the last time you had a bedtime? Oh, man. <laughs> well, I'm an old man now at age 31, so oh. I would say 27, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go to sleep at 9 o'clock every night. <laughs> or go to sleep at 7? Never that early. It was never um, that early. My early bedtime was ten o'clock as a little kid. I remember um, back when I was in like intermediate school. I remember getting grounded, and my parents used to make me go to sleep at like six thirty, seven o'clock. Oh wow! <laughs> like with the sun still out. <laughs> no, the sun would be set. I mean, it would be set, but it, it'd be one of those things where you'd just be staring up at the roof because you can't go to sleep because it's too early. You have, like, too much energy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate those kind of nights, and I still get them. I mean, I don't go to sleep at 7 o'clock, but I still get them, like, especially on a weekday, and you got to go to work, and it's, like, 3 o'clock in the morning already. you got to get up in yeah. two hours, and it's like, oh, my God, I just want to go to sleep, but I can't sleep. Yeah, that's the worst, especially when you're feeling tired for most of the day and toward the night, but then right when you go into bed, it's like, okay, I was tired, <laughs> but now I can't go to sleep. What's so up? you're wide-eyed, <laughs> yeah. fully awake. I usually just try to listen to stuff when I have music or podcasts or something like that. I can't listen to podcasts when I go to sleep because it gets my brain turning and thinking, and I don't want my brain thinking when I'm going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like too many thoughts in my head. Yeah. Don't have any weird dreams. <laughs> yeah. It's like Dustin shows up. <laughs> beats me up <laughs> his son is Damien he yeah. kicks my butt too for like no reason his wife is Batgirl and she kicks my butt for no reason but are you any Batman villain in the dream <laughs> yeah I am going to be what's a good villain Tim hmm. Hmm. like just a crappy villain crappy villain uh, yeah. crazy quilt <laughs> no, I, I will be a uh, white bunny or white rabbit. <laughs> oh, is, that, is that what her name is? I think we're just white rabbit. Yeah, white rabbit from uh, that girl. <laughs> <laughs> and the Dark Knight. She was in. That's where she started. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. She was in the Dark Knight too. For some reason, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the bad Dark Knight, right? Yeah, it's the really yeah. bad Dark Knight. The David Finch. Uh, written terrible yeah. yeah yeah written terribly dark night so yeah i'll be that okay <laughs> or uh or i will be any villain and oh. made up i'll be any of those 
well, that means you won't be a memorable villain or you won't remember that dream at all because <laughs> that's all their characters. Oh, yeah, you're right. Not memorable. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, White Rabbit is good enough, right? Yeah, bad enough slash good enough, I guess. <laughs> bad that it makes it good. But, yeah, I don't know what's wor- worse, like being bad or being good. Like being bad, being a bad Anasenti character is bad. Right. Yes. <laughs> being a good and the senti character is still being bad. Like no matter how you want to spin it, it's still being bad because <laughs> everything she did was bad, except uh, getting kicked off the book. You know what? I went to the comic shop and I didn't pick up her new title, Clarion Number One. How, oh, how, how did you miss it, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the hottest title on the shelves. <laughs> I should at least flip through it for because that's where Trevor McCarthy's doing artwork now, being wasted. But <laughs> oh man, it's it's kind of like having Derek Jeter on a on the Astros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna you're on a crappy team, but you got one good person on there. You know that was the team that was supposed to draft him. Yeah, yeah. That whole story where the GM, I think, was it a GM or a scout, but. They didn't scout, draft scout. scout, yeah. That just, yeah. they didn't draft him. He quit right after. Like this organization doesn't know what yeah. they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out he was right. I would say <laughs> twenty years later. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess he's a legend, right? I guess he's a legend. <laughs> he's a yeah. first ballot Hall of Famer, no question. Yeah, yeah, I know that, but I don't know. I just, I just don't remember anything besides the flip play. <laughs> well, you're still young during his early the early uh, playoff days of him back in the late 90s, right? Yeah, but I was watching baseball. Okay, then it's your fault then. You just don't have a good memory. <laughs> no, Well, no, I mean, where's the good stats? I mean, the stats that he did good in. He like, had the most postseason hits, I think, of all time. Okay, but that's the sample size. But it's postseason. <laughs> that's where it all so? counts. Every postseason. No, it doesn't. Not really. <laughs> Because yes. you you got to hit good during the season to get to the yes, postseason. But when it matters in the postseason, that's what people remember and want to see. That's why okay, everyone gets on. Okay. That's why everyone gets on a rod besides this 2009 year. Like you can't hit the postseason. Get rid of them. I do agree. Yes, you do have to hit in the regular season. Otherwise, you can't get there. But it matters more in the postseason. Yeah, and I I think a rod should be called Mister Not October. Yeah. <laughs> because a rod and October just don't mix. I mean, they just are terrible together but anyway tim <laughs> i got a so sidetracked i don't even know what's what's going on hey but we had to get a little baseball talk in there i mean it's in the postseason so <laughs> yeah this uh kansas city um kansas city baltimore game is really good yes yeah, so as we're recording this episode on october 10th and when you're probably listening to it a week later they're tied right now 5-5 in the eighth inning <laughs> yeah so we're talking to you from the past and you probably already know the results, but Tim and I don't. So yes. don't spoil it for us. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out eventually. <laughs> yes, we will. But to pass the time, you know what we can do, Dane? What can we do, Tim? We can watch A Minute of the Dark Knight Rises. Sounds good. I've been waiting for this all week. <laughs> Just one this minute. week or even two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Yes. I've been waiting for this one minute in time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we make it longer? Should we make it a minute and one second? <laughs> no, no, no. We have to stick to the minute because 
we we need to give our in-depth analysis of every single minute. You see, no other Batman podcast is doing this right now. So we we need to take it upon ourselves because we're such big Bat fans that we need to do this. Yes, we do. It's our mission. It's yes. our lot in life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're on minute 22 going to minute 23. So okay. Get your Blu-ray player, your DVD player, your digital copy, or whatever media you're using. VHS. VHS, beta. Or if you're listening to this in the future and you're using this weird visor goggles that let you see movies or a chip implanted in your brain or something, just go to minute 22 and we'll do wow. the countdown. I, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> hundred years from now, that's how you're going to watch movies. You're just going to think of it and just go, I want to watch Dark Knight Rises. Shut your eyes. No, you, you yeah, you just close your eyes, right? Yep. <laughs> Man, I... I have to think about the people in the future that are going to listen to this because, you know, like 40 years from now, Tim will be in his in his hundreds <laughs> and I'll be in my 60s. Uh, and I didn't realize there was a 40 year age gap between us. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, it's, it's going to be like, oh, man, they're talking about Blu-rays. That's so less century so like it's gonna be like so old so you have to think about the people in the future our kids kids that are gonna be watching this movie and hopefully listening to this podcast as they watch the movie (laughs) i doubt it (laughs) i doubt it Uh, i'm sure every every uh every download of this is gonna be burnt (laughs) by crazy people they need to have a, you know, like for film, they have like the film, like preserve where like yeah. they, for like great films, they preserve them. I know Star Wars just got in there recently. They need to do that for podcasts. And hopefully ours can make the cut. So it'll be preserved forever. <laughs> I doubt it because yeah. it'll make the entire collection irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can dream though. Yeah. Okay. Minute 22. Are you ready? Yes, I am. All right. I'll give the countdown. Three, two, one, go. And we're on a weird shot of the councilman. Looks like he's grabbing his crotch, but it is his face. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a weird shot to start off on a commentary. Now now I want to see if the cops actually shoot anybody. Because we were saying last time, I don't think they shot any of Bane's men in this sequence. They don't, right? See, I want to say they do at least one. Well, there's one who cop gets shot. Yeah, see, only the cops get shot. Come on, John Blake, you could shoot him from there. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know he's going to be Batman yet, so. Yeah, I, I think you're right. They didn't get anybody. Yeah, see? Darn it. <laughs> and they go, and go down into the sewer, and Commissioner Gordon gets knocked out, and those two cops die. Yeah. One thing I wish in movies, cops get treated more fairly, where they take some guys out instead of them just getting taken <laughs> out. It looks like we're not going to get to see anything uh, <laughs> besides that. The shot we're paused on is you could just barely make out Gordon's silhouette going into <laughs> the sewer. <laughs> but will he survive? Stay tuned for our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tim, you act as if there's any Bat fan out there that hasn't seen Dark Knight Rises yet. I know there's got to be someone out there who's watching it for the first time just by listening to our minute by minute podcast. <laughs> maybe like maybe if there's a African person like that's huge into Batman, but you know they live in like the heart of Africa or something. 
Mm-hmm. No movie theaters around there, I'm guessing. I'm guessing now. Uh, so maybe that person hasn't seen it yet. Well, if there is anyone like that who's listening to it, we got to do our job and give them the best experience they can. Yeah, but our... how are they going to download it? <laughs> well, they could picture it in their head while they're listening to us. They could oh, okay. This is like audio <laughs> drama, like, like back in like the 30s. They had those audio dramas. And then they'll tell someone all about it, and they'll just have to base it all on our analysis that we gave, <laughs> all <laughs> our minute-by-minute minute commentaries. <laughs> so if there is anyone that's doing that right now, please let us know. I'm dying to meet you or hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> You, you'll make Tim's life if yes. you email the show. Just remember, batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. Yes. <laughs> Please, I'm begging you. But anyway, I guess we can move on to our feature topic for this episode. And we're still going to focus on Gotham because we're three episodes into it now. I'm still enjoying it immensely. And Dane, I believe you are too. You've seen all the. You see, I know you've seen the second one. Have you seen the third one yet? Yes, I have. I've seen all three of them. Cool. Still liking it so far? Yeah, I'm, I'm still liking it, um, especially after this, this last episode, The Balloon Man. Yeah, it was a good this one. This is the episode that really made me really, really like this show. See, I had that with the second one. I think the second one's probably my favorite episode so far yet. I know it's only three episodes in. It's kind of maybe it's a mute point to say what's my favorite episode right now. But yeah. the second one's still standing out for me. But there's still a lot of great moments in the third one. But yeah, man, yeah. Bullock and Gordon, I just love it when they interact together <laughs> on the cases. The interrogation scene in the second episode, Selena Kyle, where they're trying to get that guy to spill the information on those two crooks who took the kids. <laughs> just the way yeah, yeah. Bullock it, was hitting them. And, like with <laughs> a phone book or something. Yeah, like I saw. Yeah. My buddy here, he hates like this kind of stuff, but he's letting me do it to you. You know why? <laughs> yeah. And then when Bullock and Gordon enter that apartment in the Balloon Man episode, and Bullock is just getting pounded by that girl oh, yeah. up there. <laughs> then she was going to drop the TV on him, but Gordon has the gun. And she puts her hands up, and Bullock still just punches her and knocks it out anyway. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Yeah. So Bullock. <laughs> and I'm glad they're finally doing something with Barbara. I mean, it's the first two episodes, she pretty much had nothing mm-hmm. except bring uh, J- Jim Gordon, like, a drink or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's all she did. And give an explanation for that very nice apartment that we were wondering about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we have an explanation. But, like, um, I'm so glad they're doing something with her, and she's just not the, the housewife or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I have to say, the actress who plays Barbara has one of the most... I don't know how to say it. She has one of the most square jaws I've ever seen in the history of television <laughs> or my life. I didn't notice that, but is that a good thing I mean, or a bad thing for you? It, it, it's like you can punch her in the face and break your hand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she has a jaw of steel, it looks like. <laughs> I'm going to start calling her jaws. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, that that's the only thing I've gained from this episode. <laughs> she had a nice jaw or a strong jaw. Yeah, that was the most important thing. Yes. Yeah. Out of all three episodes, I would say. <laughs> yeah. But so being three episodes in, we're kind of getting a feel for the series now. We've seen some characters show up. I thought it'd be a good topic to discuss on what other Batman characters we'd like to see show up in this series. Because as I'm watching, I just can't help but think of the future. Like, oh, what's going to, oh, you know, just can't wait to see when Bruce, little Bruce becomes Batman and Gordon becomes commissioner and certain things play out with different characters. So I thought it'd be good to kind of give some other characters we'd like to see make their debut here in this in the pre-batman era i guess of the show so i got a couple of them i got about three or four and i'm gonna start off with one 
that I know was never going to happen, but I just got to give it an honorable mention because I think it would be so cool. Have Bruce somehow interact with Clark Kent. (laughs) Know what makes me think of it? That moment in the first arc of the new Batman Superman comic where uh, Thomas Wayne and Bruce were like driving through Smallville. They had some car trouble and then uh, Jonathan Kent and Clark are there and they help out and then Bruce and Clark play some softball or, or some baseball and they just have some fun with each other. And this is all the beginning of what's going to become later in their relationship with Batman and Superman. So even if it's just for one episode, one small scene, just say, I'm Clark Kent. Maybe Bruce and Alfred are driving us through Smallville for some reason. Because I don't think the Kents would come to Gotham too much. But maybe Bruce and Alfred needed to get away. They drive through the country to Smallville. And their car breaks down. And then Jonathan Kent and Clark Kent are there. They just have one scene together just so that they can meet. I think would be a really, really cool thing. But it's pretty much 100% never going to happen. So... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I will put that fully as one of my uh, numbered uh, picks, but I doubt I'd give it an honorable mention just because I think it would be so awesome. But uh, I'm just got the dream. <laughs> yeah. But I guess my really first number pick, number one pick that would, I guess you could see happen is, well, I'm going to go in order. The ones that I, from the last one I'll give is the one that I really want to see and think that they should do. So before I get to those, my first mention is going to be, I know they're probably going to want some way to get a Robin connection in there somewhere, but I hope they don't bring any Dick Grayson yeah, to yeah. Jake or Jason. Please don't. Please don't. Because it just wouldn't make any sense no. at all. But what would make sense, I think would be really cool, is if we see Dick's parents, uh, John and Mary Grayson. And it could be something where... Because I want to see him bring this, like Haley Circus into town. I think that would be cool. But I don't think you would need to have John and Mary Grayson even meet Bruce or Bruce wouldn't even know who they are to have nothing. But if they were like maybe centered on some like crime that happens, maybe by the circus in town, they interact with Gordon and Bullock. I think that could be pretty cool. They could be like, I don't know if they'd be teenagers or in the early twenties as like an early married couple who maybe have some trouble, but as long as there's no, they don't even have to mention Dick Grayson. Don't give any tease. Yeah. Just all you have to say is their name, John and Mary Grayson and the flying Grayson's act. Maybe this could have a scene, too, where Bruce goes to the circus. He sees their act, but they don't have to mention anything. Don't give any, like, weird nod or <laughs> something that teases Dick Grayson or Robin in the future. Just have him present there. I think it'd just be a cool little Easter egg. Or not even Easter egg. Just a cool thing to get introduced to these two characters who you know later on that will bring Dick into the fold. But, you know, it's not going to be shown in this series. So I think that'd be a cool one to do. And I could definitely see playing out. They center some story around the circus being a town and crime, some type of crime happening there and their focus is on John and Mary Grayson. So I think that'd be pretty cool. So, so what if it's, it's, they do reference Dick, but they're just like, Hmm, Richard is a good name. I like that name. (laughs) It all depends how it's done or they better, something stupid would be if you see him do this great, like trick as the flying Graysons, they go, Man, if they ever have a, a child or a son, that's gonna be a real boy wonder or something like that. <laughs> like oh, stuff God. like that. Just stay away from dialogue and in reference jokes like that. That I don't want to hear. Yeah, but you see, I thought Dick's parents were the same age as Bruce. Are they, you know, what? that's a good question. Are they? I think they might be a little older. Maybe not by much. Maybe by like five years or so, something like that. Maybe a little more. That's a good question. Yeah. I don't know, but I still think it'd be cool to have some. I mean, at least Haley Circus, if, at the very least, I think would be like the, probably the only and best way to have some type of Robin reference in the series. So what if it's Mr. Haley? Yeah, something like that would be cool. Yeah, 
that's what I was thinking. Like Mr. Haley just popping in for like I don't know, like a couple of scenes. Yeah, or he, he could... doesn't really have anything to do with the story. He just sort of is there. Yeah, or if they want to have a center on the story, it could be him trying to set up the circus or something like that. Or it's the circus is just starting. He runs into some trouble somehow. And then yeah, if, yeah. And then you, if they just wanted to have it be a cameo, you can have these two characters named John and Mary Grayson in there somehow. If you want to throw in that Easter egg, so stuff like that, I think could work really good. Yeah. But how about you? Do you have a first pick for a character you want to see? Um, I only really have two because I just saw your email. <laughs> you mean this question wasn't pondering in your mind as you're watching the series <laughs> not really well, I can't help it it does every time I see an episode <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking what about see I had the name but I lost the name the two names of Gordon's right hand man um, it's like Inspector He's Let's in year one. He's in year one, I think. Oh, Flask? No, not Flask. Uh, man, I can't remember his name. It's like a skinny guy, shorter guy, black hair. And he's in, he's in year one? Any other stories coming to your head? Yeah, he's in a bunch of Batman comics. He's, he's usually um, uh, Gordon's right-hand man. Man, I... Nothing's popping in my head, and I'm sure if there's people listening or screaming at us, how can you not know who that is? You've seen him before. You've seen him before. I don't know if you knew that he was like a kind of major character, kind of a little bit, or a supporting character. Someone who got killed off or anything, or no? But he's not in the New Fifty Two, or at least as far as I've seen. Man, I don't know. (laughs) I forget his name, but I'm sure the listeners do, and they're screaming at us right now. Uh, I thought he would be a good addition to the um, to the show because it seems like it's Jim Gordon versus the world right now. Yeah. And I mean, I know it's the beginning of the season, but I hope they don't just rely on this. You know, it's Jim Gordon is the the Boy Scout, you know, and everybody else is evil. Yeah. So so I hope there's like another good character. It seems like uh, Montoya and uh, what's his name. Crispus Allen. Yeah, yeah, him. <laughs> yeah. I I hope I hope there's more characters like that, but it seems like they are uh they seem to be clean cops. Yeah. But they just have it out for Gordon cuz they think he's dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was thinking maybe like a major villain would be somebody from the police department. And I'm going back to year 1 for this. Um and I can't remember his name, <laughs> uh, but the SWAT guy from year one. Oh, okay, Brendan. Yeah, Brendan. Brendan. Yeah, that would yeah. be cool. Yeah, and he could somehow play into the plot. You know, it seems like there's going to be a gang war or a mafia war mm. that they're building to. Maybe he can play a role in that. Yeah, that and, really and Gordon has to take him out. Um, but besides that, I, I mean, I don't know any offhand. Yeah, I did a quick search for Gotham City police officers, on a, yeah. and I went to a Wikipedia page, and it has some names. I'm going to list them, see if I even ring a yeah. bell for that guy. <laughs> um, Hardback Bach McKenzie. No. Lieutenant uh, Bill. It, was, it almost says Bilbo. It was like Bill Bio. Or <laughs> I about, think it's Irish. It's an Irish name. How about uh, Jerry Henley? No, I don't think so. 
Donald Peak. No. Officer Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the rest are female ones. Nora Fields, Stacy, the secretary. Yeah, what is Becca. that guy's name? <laughs> is he something Irish? Then there's the major crimes unit. You got David Cornwell, Joss Azevedo, Joe Jolie Bartlett, Harvey Bullock, of course, uh, Thomas Burke, Rami Chandler, Eric Cohen, Nelson Crow, Jackson Davies, Vincent Dell, Arizalo. Yeah, I don't know. Marcus Driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's more to the list, but apparently those didn't ring a bell. But anyway, uh, you you brought up Flash. Flash would be good in this show. I don't know how they would work him in because yeah, because I mean, Bullock's Jim's already got a role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, I think they mentioned the commissioner a few times, but they haven't said his name. I wonder if it's going to be Commissioner Loeb because it would make sense that they're going to follow more of the year one stuff too if he's still the commissioner. Yeah. Um, and now that you bring it up, I, I wish they would do something with Sarah Essen besides be pissed off at Bullock and Gordon all the time. Yeah. It's like she's always mad at them for like, yeah. like yelling, at, <laughs> yelling at them. And you know what? This is going to make me sound stupid, but I knew Sarah Essen was going to be in the show, but I didn't yeah. know that was her already. <laughs> I didn't know because until... I was yeah. expecting them to do the whole affair thing, and mm. she looks a bit older than Jim Gordon, where I don't think the affair is going to happen, so... <laughs> When I saw, I think they mentioned her name. This I was all on Sarah Essen. I thought she was like going to come in later in the series and maybe replace her or something. But apparently she's there already. So I don't think they're going to go that route with the whole affair that happened in year one and all that. I probably should have realized early yeah. on. But <laughs> I mean, they could pull it, pull it off, I guess, if they really forced it. Uh, I don't <laughs> buy it really because she's older than him. Then he has a uh, barber who's his age and, in my opinion, a lot better looking. So, <laughs> yeah. Or what if it's Montoya? Yeah, maybe they could throw that in. Yeah, because it seemed like Montoya and uh, Barbara had a some kind of relationship. Yeah, a romantic relationship. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I didn't get that until this episode. Oh, Did really? you get that before? Yeah, you could totally pick that up on the first one. Yeah. So. Maybe I'm just blind to it. <laughs> I was like, oh, they used to be together? Oh. Are they going to make Barbara Bat- or Batwoman later on? <laughs> yeah. That's actually a really interesting twist, I have to say, on this whole thing. Let's see where they go with it. They have, yeah. Right now they have a lot of plot threads going on <laughs> for a lot of characters that they keep got to yeah, yeah. do a good job juggling and balancing everything. Yeah, and I, I wish they would focus a little more on the main pl- plot point, which is the penguin, um, or sorry, Oswald Cobblepot. He's not the penguin yet, nope, right? You don't want him to kill you, Dane. Yeah. <laughs> All of that. Um, and uh, Fish Mooney, the most terrible name in television. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, Maroni and Falcone. Yeah. You know, this whole war that's supposedly going to happen that Penguin can see. I like what they're doing with uh, Maroney and Cobblepot. What happens? Yeah, to so yeah. the dishwasher, but he sees something, you know. He switches sides. Yeah. Too. I just found out, though, his name's not Sal Maroney, it's uh, Don Maroney. It's actually Don? Yeah. Not like how a mafia person would uh, address well, another mafia person. I didn't think right? of that. <laughs> like... Like from The Godfather. Okay, that's a real good point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did not think of that. <laughs> <laughs> you thought his name was Don? Yeah, that's what it said in the description, I think, on the new clip. 
I came from YouTube. I just said Don Maroney. Like, I think they even say it in the clip too. I don't know. I was like, oh, like what's not Sal Maroney? But yeah. Yeah, it's probably Sal Maroney, but they just call him Don Maroney. Yeah. <laughs> but another character I was gonna bring up, uh, someone I want to see in the series, but I don't have to because he's officially gonna be in the series, is Harvey Dent. I kind of knew he'd probably be in it already, but I was surprised that I was I didn't know which way they would go if they'd make him older or are they gonna do like he's the same age as Bruce and they uh, kind of grow up together like they're friends like in the animated series and stuff. But apparently, as someone who's like in his early twenties, uh, I think the actor who plays him is who got cast is Nicholas uh, D'Agosto, if I'm saying that right. He looks like an early twenties guy and he says he's gonna be an assistant district attorney. So. He's going to be pretty well established, I guess, in the series going into it. And him and Bruce aren't going to have, I guess, that close friendship that's <laughs> been adapted in some stories. Hey, see, I don't get that, though. It's because, like, if you look at something something like Long Halloween, right? Mm. Bruce and uh, Harvey are kind of the same age, right? Yeah. And then you look at The Dark Knight. They're kind of the same age. Or they, at least they look the same age. Yeah. So... I don't know why they decided to go with an older guy. And this kind of gets me the little worries I've had with the series so far is, are they going to do the Two-Face origin in this series without Batman being there? I mean, that could be a pretty tricky thing mm. to pull off, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, unless it happened later on in life with him. Yeah, I just have a feeling they might yeah. want to tell that story in the course of this series. I don't know. I don't know. They shouldn't burn that story, though. I mean, yeah. they, they really shouldn't burn it this early or earlier you know because i mean you got maroney there they're gonna bring Harvey yeah. in there it's gonna be kind of hard not to <laughs> see where they're going with those two characters though yeah i'm surprised like the not the first episode but the second and the third episode they, they really balanced out remember how we were worried about too many villains yeah. being in the show they kind of really balanced that out they really did yeah yeah i mean enigma was only in it for a brief scene in the second episode and they didn't really make any jokes or like not so what he's gonna be doing. like they didn't say riddles or you're crazy and all that stuff he was just there he, of course he was still weird but and yeah. but then in the third episode there was hardly anything he wasn't in that episode and poison ivy hasn't been in since the pilot and catwoman or selena kyle's been used pretty good i thought too what's her name ivy pepper yeah, yeah. <laughs> how convenient what's wrong with pamela eyes i know really <laughs> what's wrong with that name i guess it's gonna be her alias when she gets older yeah but you know what i did notice I noticed that Fish Mooney, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, is putting on that same accent that Uma Thurman did in <laughs> Batman and Robin. If, if you really listen closely, she's putting on the same accent. Well, you, you might be right on that. <laughs> I can kind of see where you're coming from. Except it's being pulled off better in this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Jada Pinkett Smith is really good in this show. I didn't expect to like that character. I thought she was just like a supposed to be like a generic big villain, mm. but... She she really does a good job with it. Yeah. And she's written really well, too. Especially, like, her relationship with uh, Falcone. Yeah, or Falcone. Falcone? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Get. I'm sorry. Falcone. So when we talk about Gotham, we have to call him by Falcone, but when we're talking about Batman Begins or any other comic, we have to say Falcone. <laughs> Falcone. <laughs> it's raced in Roz all over again. <laughs> yeah, no. I, but I like how, they, how, how their relationship is because it's like... Face to face, they're super cordial to each other. It's yeah. like, oh, I love you. And yet, you and know, then, they hate each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then in, in the Balloon Man, uh, Fish Mooney kills Falcone's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> so like it's 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 really good yeah that's what i'll say so it's should be come to an interesting head by the time the season ends what happens to this game by the time the season yeah. is over I, and I she's kinda... not a one-note character either yeah See, I also wonder, is Penguin or Oswald Cobblepot going to be taking charge over everything by the end of the season, or are they going to prolong it for a few seasons? I kind of hope it's prolonged for a few seasons. Have him slowly build his way up to the top of the criminal empire. Well, how would he so early? You know, if everyone gets whacked off, knocked off and killed. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess. Well, that's what I'm hoping not, that doesn't happen. But, <laughs> I think you just gave away the ending of this first season, too. I don't have to watch it anymore. <laughs> Let me know when it's made so I can see the finale. <laughs> but going back to our character picks, I'm going to go with my second one. And this one I think is going to happen, and I know I'm not alone in this because uh, <laughs> I've seen several people say this. It's going to be one well, that's pretty obvious, Tommy Elliott. I mean, it's just too perfect not to introduce him into <laughs> this series. They're going to want to bring someone to be Bruce's friend. I mean, we're talking about Harvey Dent being that case, but now that it, he's not going to be the same age, who else is there besides Tommy Elliott? And I think there's so much you can do with that, especially, I would say maybe in season two, even bring him in, because they got enough characters now for season one. And if they want to do more with Bruce, because right now he's not used a whole lot. There's several scenes with Bruce in the manor, which everyone he's in, I love. <laughs> They're just awesome. But if they want to do more with the character, Tommy Elliott could be really interesting to bring him in to the full and just develop that relationship we know someone who tries really wants to be bruce's friend but at the same time you know is not mentally there all the way and just has this weird vibe about him so i think it's a perfect opportunity to bring this character into live action for the first time and the series i think i think it will happen eventually but i don't know it just seems too perfect not to <laughs> what do you think how how would they introduce introduce him into the story they could just like just, oh hey bruce this is your cousin well it's not his cousin <laughs> or a friend or whatever sorry uh, i'm thinking of uh bruce's brother from court of owls <laughs> there's a character i don't think you'll see <laughs> <laughs> what's his name again like logan or something no it was, it was this, uh thomas wayne jr wasn't it oh oh yeah that's right i'm thinking of his alias yeah lincoln merch yeah lincoln yeah. lincoln march yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, I think I think it would be good, and it would go hand in hand with somebody, somebody as a mother figure. Like he he has the father figure, he has the friend, and then he needs the mother figure, right? Oh, I'll be getting to that late pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know who you're gonna say. Yeah. I know who you're gonna say, but um, but I was thinking maybe. Maybe uh, Selena Kyle slash Cat, or should should we just address her as Cat? Yeah, <laughs> they call her that, so you might as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Cat. Don't call her Cat Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Katrina Falcone. Oh, there's a character. Yeah, there's. A, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. See, I think she's gonna be the next character that's gonna be introduced. <laughs> but um, I was thinking uh, Selena would would take that spot of Bruce's friend. That's interesting. Yeah, because she's kind of yeah. on the periphery. They're not doing anything with her. She is a major character, or a you know a main character in this TV show. So yeah, I was thinking maybe she took that role. Yeah, that that's a pretty good point too. I mean, because yeah, obviously she followed him throughout the first whole episode. Yeah, and she's only using this information to the cops now, so she wouldn't be sent 
I believe it was upstate or something to that that juvenile center. Mm-hmm. So she, you did get that vibe that she genuinely like felt bad for Bruce and wants to make sure like this kid's okay. So maybe they can develop a relationship there. Yeah, and she saw the the Wayne's murders. Yeah, and you know they could play with that too. The writers. You know, since our yeah. last episode when we talked about, it, I've seen uh, some people not like that. I the idea that she saw the murder, but I think it was really cool to add something different to it, to not only the Wayne murder sequence, but just to the character of Selena Kyle and the relationship they'll have later on. I just think it's very intriguing and something different. Yeah, it is something different. And, you know, I agree with you. And I mean, what would they have done if it was just the Waynes get murdered? Yeah, and Selena like, Kyle in general, was, she would be yeah. another character who just felt like shoehorned in because she's Catwoman's probably his second most popular villain so let's bring her on the show but she serves a purpose by witnessing the murders and just having this new dynamic to it where you're already seeing the like the sequences that happened after that play into the seven episodes for her to get out of going to that juvenile center so i just can't wait yeah. to see where it's going to play into if she ever meets bruce and where their relationship's going to go it makes you wonder what are they going to do with her mm-hmm. because they introduced her in the first thing in the first episode in the pilot episode she's a um, uh, major character in this show and they really kind of didn't really have anything to do with her i mean she she witnessed the wayne murder she was in that second episode and got kidnapped and in this episode this most recent episode the balloon man she gets away from uh, gordon or tricks him yeah so she's back out on the streets are we going to see her again or is she going to stay out of the show for a little bit and then she's going to be reintroduced when the time is right. Yeah, that's a good point, too. And who knows for any character in this season, as you're figuring out now by watching Arrow, just because they're regular in a season doesn't mean they'll be back <laughs> for the next season. So that's going to be interesting to see who makes it into season two and who doesn't as yeah. the season progresses. Yeah, and speaking of Arrow, I love that show. Yes. <laughs> you're a full-fledged <laughs> fan now, yes. <laughs> oh, man, I love that show. I, I just finished that episode episode in the first season where uh uh it was that guy with the bombs and he steals uh jewels okay i'm trying to it's a very vague description so <laughs> it's not that vague tim bombs and jewels i don't know and um okay okay now i remember diggle and okay uh, is it me or is diggle going out with his ex sister-in-law or his former sister-in-law <laughs> kind of weird is it just me, or do you feel the same? It could be. No, I didn't find it too weird, but you'll see where that goes later on. It'll have a. Oh, okay, she dies. <laughs> It'll get real. <laughs> when I got spoiled again. Oh, uh, don't tell me the season three premiere that just aired. No, no, no. Okay, no. Good. Stay away from that. I get spoiled on that. I got spoiled with Oliver's mom. Oh no. Yeah. Uh. So so now now I know that this plan that she's doing with Lao from Dark Knight uh, yeah. is going <laughs> is going to end badly for her. <laughs> do you know how it happens though? Yeah, I don't know how it happens. Okay, because that's pretty. I do know that it does. Okay, hopefully you can stay away from how. <laughs> yeah, because oh man, I I should have just watched it when it was on the air when it premiered because I'm just getting spoiled left and right. Yeah, <laughs> you got to do a. a long binge watching for the rest <laughs> yeah yeah well hope, i'm just hoping the same thing doesn't happen with clone wars where you finally get caught up you watch the first episode live like all of us and then it gets canceled <laughs> <laughs> do they um do they do anything else with um thea yeah mm. okay she she has more to do besides yeah. being 
a drug a drug addict yeah and working at the law firm her character has a much better story in season two and okay good season three yeah she hasn't shown up yet but she's gonna have a much better story i think this season because when she crashes her new car i was kind of irritated <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at that whole thing where she's this wild reckless girl you know yeah i was like oh man let's move past this already i thought we were over this mm. yeah her and roy i thought were the weakest parts and later on in the season first season but yeah. then they get their stories are <laughs> told they have better stories being told for them much much more in season two so yeah and I, I i really like what they're doing with the flashback sequences on the island yeah <laughs> I, I mean that's like the best but you, you have to just give me a little hint all right okay that guy that Oliver left in that cave. Uh huh. Does something happen with that character? It gets, just yes or no. It gets addressed in a, by the end of the season. I'll tell you that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Because that was a, <laughs> a like an intense moment. We're like, oh, man, what's he gonna do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, to me, that was the best flashback sequence. Yeah, it was. I mean, good, j- just when he like the guy comes out, he's like. Please, don't tie me. Please help me. Yeah. Don't come back in. Then when he people. says no, he's like, what? How could, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, ah. <laughs> like, felt bad, bro. Yeah, yeah. But on the same, on the same place, I guess. Like, I was thinking, what if it is a trick? I mean, he tricked him once already with um, that Chinese guy. I can't remember what his name yeah. is. Lao, oh, Lao Fei, I think. Yeah, Lao Fei. So. I'm just wondering, and I'm wondering about Slade Wilson. <laughs> is, is Slade Wilson gonna betray Ollie? I'll just say that some of the best stuff in the whole series is with Slade and Oliver, and oh, the the best, especially in season two, the best, probably the my favorite part of the season is Slade. Okay, so so, so that stuff gets extended. Yeah. To second season, so so, so good. <laughs> so he hasn't gotten off the island yet in season three. I don't want to say too much about that. Okay, either. okay. <laughs> never mind, never mind, never mind. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil you anymore. Let's get back to the Gotham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get back to this show, this thing, whatever we're doing. <laughs> I'll give my final pick, and alluded to it earlier, I think it has to be done. It'll be a crime if it doesn't happen. Leslie Tompkins, she has to show up in this series. <laughs> I've been waiting to see her portrayed in live action for so long. And this series is the perfect opportunity to do it. I mean, you said the mother figure. There's no one better than Leslie Tompkins. I mean, even in the pilot, I was kind of hoping, oh, hopefully she shows up at the murder scene. At the murder scene, but what they did with Alfred was really good too. So I don't want to complain too much about that. But I just really hope they bring her into the picture. And they can just do it where if they need to Bruce to get some, I don't know, like uh, like if she needs to see a psychiatrist or something, and she's the one or. Just, I know she's a doctor, but she could play like a psychiatrist too. Just bring her somewhere into the bowl where her and Bruce established that relationship. I mean, I, I said it before, she's one of the most underused central Batman characters, I think. And this is, I just feel it would be such a wasted and missed opportunity if they don't bring her into it. And just do it, don't do a brand new take on her where she's like a young doctor and all that. Have her be kind of the same. Not quite as old as Alfred, maybe a little younger, but someone who could play that mother figure role. And like, I don't want to see it where she's a young doctor and she's the one who has the affair with Jim Gordon or something like that. <laughs> Just have mainly be focused with Bruce because she's such an important character, I think, to his development as Batman. I just think it'd be a crime not to use her in this series. It's funny because I was thinking, how do you screw Leslie Tompkins yeah. out? <laughs> but like, 
Oh man, like if if she's the one that has the affair with Gordon, it's like uh Yeah, and then it becomes this whole rift between Gordon and Bruce where Bruce doesn't trust Gordon or Lesbian yeah. anymore. I, I don't need to see that. <laughs> I mean she her character it, she she's a good person. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Somebody that'll be there for Bruce and you know, take care of him. Exactly. That's <laughs> all you gotta do. I know there's someone to be the mother serve as the mother figure for him. That's all you need to do. <laughs> but how about you? Do you have one more pick? Hmm. Or at least someone you can maybe remember the name for. <laughs> Not really. I don't know how they would do this, but I'm just thinking about Arrow. Mm. And I, <laughs> I wish Ollie was in it or something. Yeah. <laughs> like they could somehow cross networks and shows or something. But Yeah, I'll say that's... Yeah. After you see Arrow, I mean, such, it's been such a great week. You got The Flash that premiered on Tuesday, which was mm. really good. You know, that connects with Arrow. You got Arrow on yeah. Wednesdays. You got Gotham on Mondays. Like, how cool is that? If only Gotham was connected with those two, that'd be yeah. so cool. But like I said, I think it would be cool if it was set... Because I want Bruce to be around the same age as, like, Oliver Queen and Barry Allen. So this series takes place, like, 10 years or 15 years before those series or something like that. But just to have them connected, I think, would be so cool. And I just uh, don't get why DC... Can't have that shared TV universe like Marvel has the shared movie universe. I know that topic is split between fans. Some are glad that they don't connect, and there's some who really wanted to see it connect. But yeah, I'm one of those ones who wants to see this universe grow. <laughs> this would be so awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really care either way. Like, <laughs> well, you're right. In the long run, all that matters is we're getting good TV series. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, all three of them are good. I, I didn't finish Flash because something went wrong with my... Uh, my um, player. Uh, I don't know what you call it. I would say my computer. I would say still hold off onto it until you get Barry Allen's introduction to Arrow because I think that's the perfect introduction to the character, mm. and it just makes it even cooler when you see the pilot episode of the Flash. Well, I watched the some of the pilot. I, I watched up until uh, Barry Allen wakes up in okay. in Star Labs or what used to be Star Labs. Yeah, well, that's fairly early on in the episode, so. Yeah. If you can, I would say hold off and just hurry up and watch more Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that show is so good. Yep. I don't know why I didn't jump on it. Really. <laughs> a lot of people did it. Like I said, the first is me and my younger brother watched it from day one. My older brother didn't watch it. And he's pretty much where I started telling him there's a lot of Batman stuff going on, like League of Assassins and Rachel Ghost coming. And then he started watching it from the beginning. <laughs> and he got into it. And now, just the last week actually he's starting to get my dad into it my dad can't stop watching it so <laughs> you see it it's like I, I was telling you tim every time i get you convince me to get into something you, you, your dad gets into it yeah. too <laughs> like that with clone wars <laughs> yeah it was the same thing with clone wars and now it's arrow <laughs> i will say the only thing is he's like lord of the rings from the start when he first saw it so <laughs> uh, yeah i guess so i guess so <laughs> yeah but um, we actually got a few responses on Twitter and Facebook. For I put the question out for people who want to, what characters they like to see. And two of them are from, of course, our good friends, Corbin and Rob. <laughs> and Rob, and also a follower on Twitter, and I believe a listener, Patrick Garcia, they both said what I said for my number two pick. It's Tommy Elliott. Like I said, I think a lot of people would want to see that. It, is, it just makes too perfect sense not to do it. So Tommy Elliott seems to be the popular choice. But then Corbin... He said a choice I didn't think of, but I think it'd be really cool. He said the great ghost. When I thought, like, man, yeah, that is really cool. I mean, it, it could just be Bruce watching a TV show or something like that, or a movie 
well, I don't know if he wants to go to a movie theater too soon after his parents' murder, so maybe it doesn't have to be a movie theater, but the Grey Ghost TV show, or I don't think they should do a vigilante Grey Ghost who's really there to inspire him, because they already did that with the Balloon Man, but even if it's a comic book or something, there's something to have it where the Grey Ghost gets incorporated in there, I think it would be so cool. And when Corbett said that, I was like, man, why can't I think of that? That is so perfect. <laughs> this has a little nod to that. And I don't know if you saw this, Dane, but there was this fan-made film that they put out for the Grey Ghost that someone did, which was pretty good. Visually, it looked really awesome. It had this old, like, noir film style. But I wouldn't say the acting was the greatest, but <laughs> they had the tone and the film quality just right. So if they did something like that for a TV show that Bruce could be watching or some, something throughout the Gotham TV series, I think would be a really cool nod and just have that cool moment where Bruce gets inspired by him. Because I think that's one of the coolest things in the Batman the Animated Series episode, Beware the Grey Ghost, where you just see Bruce in front of the TV screen, wearing his Grey Ghost cape and his hat, holding his figure, just being totally into it. And it might be kind of tricky to do now because he was watching that show with his dad when he was still alive, so maybe he might not be too excited to watch it now that his parents are dead. But... I don't know, some way I think they could work it out to get the Grey Ghosts in there. And I just hope <laughs> some way, somehow, they can. Almost as much as I want to see Leslie Tompkins. Maybe not as much, but I'd, when Corbin brought it, said that and put it in my head of the possibility that they could do with the Grey Ghosts, the Grey Ghosts, I just think, man, now I really want to see it happen somehow. <laughs> it would just be so cool. Yeah, and when I was watching the Flash episode, mm. I saw that they did a little nod to Gorilla Grodd. Yeah, <laughs> that was cool. And I couldn't help but think about Rob. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He's Gorilla God or Gorilla Rob. Gorilla Rob. <laughs> but the cool thing about that, though, is they said pretty much every Easter egg you saw in the Flash pilot, they're going to uh, deliver on and have them be like an episode or a storyline going forward. <laughs> so we can expect to see Gorilla God. It's not Gorilla God, it's Gorilla Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll be a human who turns into the gorilla and his real name was Rob. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. That would be funny if that happened. Yeah. But where are you on the Grey Ghost? Are you excited about that possibility as I am? <laughs> not as excited, but I'm not a crazy fanboy like you are for the, the animated series, Tim. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, maybe a nod to it. But... Yeah, I don't know, I, I'm just trying to think of how these people would work in, you know? Yeah, well, that's why they have writers, and we could just do our fantasy yeah. picks, and we can let them handle it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in no way, shape, or form a, a writer, so. Huh. Yeah, so we could just have fun yeah. and talk about it. I'm just trying to think, like, how he would fit in. or. Like I said, I think the perfect way to just have him watching the TV show, or even just being a comic book. I know in Smallville, they had that comic story that comic series that was brought out throughout the course of the season i don't remember what it's called but it was supposed to be yeah. pretty much that universe of superman <laughs> what about scarecrow uh scarecrow he's one of the villain i kind of like to see saved for when batman shows up i don't want to yeah. see the fear toxin brought in just yet no i mean, I mean in, in, in that sense i'm i meant more like let's say scarecrow is the same age as bruce mm-hmm. and well, maybe if they want to do something a thing, like that. see if he's at Bruce is at school or something, and he sees this like kid get bullied, is like all skinny and looks look like a scarecrow. Yeah, <laughs> I, but I would think Bruce would go to like a private school or something where <laughs> it'd be all like prep students and all that. 
You know who I was thinking about, Tim? I was thinking about uh, Mad Hatter. Hmm. The way uh, hey, Hurwitz yeah. wrote him. Yeah, from the, what Greg Hurwitz did, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good choice, yeah. <laughs> I well, just want you to think of the Mad Hatter, like, oh, I don't know, but when we got that great origin story, yeah. Yeah, I was reading a lot of people didn't like that. I know, I was surprised. Story. Yeah, me too. I know, we're, we're in the minority there, it's time, which really is right. I thought it was great. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I thought it was great. I remember, I remember you were like had a no care attitude about that series. I started like, eh, <laughs> I don't know about the Mad Hatter. Yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, uh, do I really care? I mean, Mad Hatter isn't exactly the one villain I think of when I think of Batman villains. But yeah. Her her knocked me out with that. <laughs> I know, and we'll probably never see a good adaptation of that character for a long, long time again. Unfortunately. See, that didn't make sense what I just said. I said we'll never see that. In a long, long, long time. It never is forever. So otherwise, <laughs> me and my bad grammar. I wonder why they didn't keep Hurwitz on. I know. That's the best thing that happened to book that for the Dark Knight book, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's DC's loss, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think he's even working on anything now. I don't think so. I don't think he's on any book. I think he's working on his novel. Because he, he's yeah. like a novelist. Yeah. So. He, he might have just quit DC to work on his new novel. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he was literally one of the best things that happened to that book. Totally. Yeah. He saved <laughs> it, really. He literally saved it. Yeah. I, I remember when they were bringing, or it was the beginning of the New 52, and they had just announced the titles that were going to be in the New 52. And I remember... We were on Gotham Knights Online at that time, and I remember telling somebody, and say, or saying to somebody, "How come they're bringing over that crappy book? Yeah. <laughs> and that book is terrible. I mean, of all the books, why would they bring that one over?" And it was even more important because they they weren't bringing over Red Robin, which I really liked. Yeah. And I just thought that was a stupid move, but you know. If we got to sacrifice Red Robin, it might as well be for uh, not Finch. <laughs> Horowitz's Dark Knight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. But I guess that'll close our future topic for the characters we'd like to see show up in Gotham. We'll see how right we are and see how mad I'll get if by the time the series is over, uh, Leslie Tompkins isn't brought in. But <laughs> thanks also to Rob Corbin and uh, Patrick for giving us their picks on what characters they'd like to see. So Anyone listening to this in the future still wants to chime in and let us know who they want to see, feel free to send us an email or tweet at us at BatFans27. So I got to say, though, Dan, like I was mentioning earlier, this was a really good week in general for the superhero shows. Like I said, Gotham Monday, Flash Tuesday, Arrow on Wednesday. Had a had the new Weezer come out album come out this week, which is really, really good. <laughs> It's got, like, the most bizarre cover ever. Yeah. <laughs> I like it, though. It's, like, so weird that it just catches your eye and you like it. But yeah, it's probably one of the... Man, I'm, so yeah, I'm not someone who hated their, like, last few albums. I enjoyed them, but this one's really good. It's probably the best one, I think, since Maladroit. I can't stop listening to it. <laughs> since really? Out. Yeah. Have you checked it out yet? No, no. I mean, I haven't listened to a Weezer record in, since, like, the Green Album. <laughs> so... <laughs> Definitely catch up. But then you and me got to experience uh, 
Bubba Gump's uh, shrimp restaurant not too long ago too. This or for me this oh, week, yeah. and you not too long ago. <laughs> yeah, for my for my birthday, me and my girlfriend went to uh, Bubba Gump Shrimp. <laughs> I got all of the trivia. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that. I was not yeah. expecting the waiter to come up and give us Forrest Gump trivia. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But like, um, okay. <laughs> what I meant to ask you was, what did you get? I just got the salmon. But I was kind of disappointed because I wanted to get something with a Forrest Gump name. <laughs> <laughs> what did um, Kyle get? Yeah, he got something called Lieutenant Dan's, uh, I want to say like shipwreck or something like that. <laughs> so there's some funny names. It's like Lieutenant Dan's like, or Bubba's Garbage or something like that. <laughs> Bubba's Garbage. There's something with trash in the title. Like, man, what, why would have something on the menu be labeled with the name trash? <laughs> But um, yes, you, you are kicked off the podcast, Tim, for breaking bread with the enemy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but that's against the rules, Tim. Have fun on the rest of the podcast, Dane. I'll talk. To you. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I'll just be talking to myself about usually nothing, because I've listened to the last couple of podcasts, and Tim actually talks about Batman, but like I just usually talk about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're so important. You got to balance the Batman with the nothing. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. See, I met Kyle, my co-host, but now you're next on the list. You got to get you down here. <laughs> okay, just fly to Hawaii then. No, you come down here. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to go to California. I've been to California. And you didn't say hi. <laughs> yeah, I'm just rude like that. <laughs> well, if I go there to where you live and you come to where I live, at least we know we got a Bubba Gump shrimp restaurant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least, at least we know. No matter where we go, no matter who travels, there will always be a bubblegum shrimp yeah. restaurant for us to visit. Um, that's a good restaurant, by the way. It was good. I did enjoy it's, it. It's actually, to me, it's underrated because you would never think of, about going there. I mean, I don't know about you, but that was only like the second or third time I've been there. And yeah, my first. <laughs> no, that was your first. See, yeah. you didn't even consider it. Nope, See, it happened to be in the plaza where we met at. <laughs> oh, but it's a good restaurant, man. I I think that might be my new favorite restaurant. Oh, another thing that caught me off guard was like those uh, signs they had on it that you flip that says run for us, run or stop for us to get the waiter's attention. Like yeah. no matter if it's if you have it flipped over to what says stop for us, the waiter has to no, no matter if it's not your waiter, just whoever passes by has to stop and check on you. <laughs> like I wonder how many kids play with that and just stop <laughs> keep flipping it back and forth, and waiters keep stopping and checking to see if they need anything. Yeah, but what I didn't know was that it was a serious Forrest Gump restaurant. Yeah, like, me like, too. Yeah, I was even thinking like the the um the stuff on the table. Yeah, and the pictures, you know, the pictures the, from the movie. Yeah, yeah, underneath the glass. Yeah, it's like even that was Forrest Gump, and like if you get the shrimp. It comes in uh, newspaper or like fake newspaper. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, there's like little little stories that have to deal with uh, Forrest Gump. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. See, I want a Star Wars restaurant like that. Something in the. We know it's coming, but I want it to be a chain where it's all over the place. <laughs> yeah, so I can have yeah. Star Wars trivia instead of Forrest Gump trivia, and I can do 100% instead <laughs> of. I'd say I did about. I got about eh, more than 75%, right? I guess. <laughs> Why isn't there one? And there's a bubblegum shrimp. I know. Like, <laughs> Out of Star all Wars, the movies. Yeah, Star Wars is a billion-dollar franchise. Well, I I mean, I guess they, they don't want to 
wear out the franchise, right? Well, you know they're going to have one Disney World or Disneyland pretty soon, a cantina-themed restaurant or oh, yeah, Dexter yeah. Jetser's Diner. Yeah. They're just no-brainers. <laughs> so, or, yeah. Let's call it the, the cantina, the Moss Eisley Cantina. I'm sure that's going to be number one. Yeah, <laughs> what it's else? number one on their list. So, yeah, just a, so far a good week, and we're closing it out by doing a podcast talking about all the stuff, even though not all of it, like Bubba Gump Shrimp has to do with Batman. <laughs> so so would you say that I completed your week, Tim? Yes, you did. I would say that. <laughs> yeah, I can Completely. I can put that on my resume now. <laughs> but, so I guess the only thing missing was some big Episode 7 news this week, or Star Wars Rebel stuff. <laughs> we didn't have too yeah. much Star Wars fun, but on the Batman the Animated Series front, we... There's some cool news that happened this week that I don't know how much you checked into it, Dane, but it sounds really cool. The Batman the Animated Series virtual reality simulation of the Batcave that's going to be coming out, I think, early 2015 in the winter by uh, by OTOY, the studio that develops in like these uh, virtual reality technologies and holographic videos. So, so it's going to be coming to like the Samsung Galaxy uh, Gear VR and the Oculus Rift. I believe those are going to be the two major virtual reality formats coming out soon. But I don't know, just the idea of putting a visor on and then just being transported into the Batcave of the animated series where Bruce Tim is actually helping with the design of it to make sure it still has the look and feel of the animated series is so cool. I mean, they didn't go into further details of like you're going to be walking around and Batman's going to be there talking to you with Kevin Conroy's voice or anything. <laughs> that would be amazing. But just to get that virtual reality experience, which I hear these new technologies like We'll call this Rift, and which is going to be a bit coming out. It's Oculus, next year. by the way. What am I? Oculus? What am I saying? Oculus? Oculus. <laughs> okay. Oculus. Tell you how much I, I don't, I'm out of the loop of this stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I can't imagine how cool it's going to be walking through the animated series Batcave. Did you have a chance uh, to check out some of the images? Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. And I don't know. It, it just reminds me of. Uh, uh, Batman Dark Tomorrow. No, it's not gonna be that like, like, like the graphics. No, it's better it. than that. <laughs> and plus, it's probably gonna look totally different when you look into the virtual reality visors. Yeah, I guess, but I don't know. Like, I, I've tried the Oculus Rift. Oh, really? I, I haven't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't try it right now because I don't know. I, I just got a really, really bad headache from it, and. Okay. Like it hurts your eyes, but well, that might be I a mean, problem for me. <laughs> My yeah, eyes are yeah. sensitive. No, I mean it actually. Hurt, well, for me anyway, I don't know. Maybe you're different, but it like actually hurt my eyes. Like my eyes started hurting. Like it's I was like, sick or something. Because I know just recently in the past year or so, all this virtual reality technology is like becoming to the forefront now. Where it looks like it might become like a major player, and whether it's just video games or just a new entertainment experience. But I haven't yeah, followed see, it too closely. Yeah. Just like find out if it's like really good or if it's really bad but i thought for the most part it's been genuinely positive yeah you see because like i said i tried it and i don't really see i don't think they nailed it quite yet mm-hmm. i mean I, I don't know if this oculus rift is you know the finalized version of it or if it's still in like uh still in development but mm, yeah the, the one i tried it's it, i don't know it's for one thing it doesn't sit very well on your face because oh. you put it over your <laughs> eyes, right? And you, your head feels off. And 
like I said, it, it'll give you a headache just moving your head around. Mm, but yeah, I can see like, that. Like the images moving around. It, it's it's kind of like one of those found footage movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it kind of feels like where the, where the, the character is running and they're moving the camera. They're like running and the camera's going all over the place. That's kind of what it feels like. Hopefully with this, where you just walk into the back cave, it can be a slow experience where you're just walking, not moving too fast. But <laughs> I know what you're saying as far as uh, the total experience of it being kind of new and not maybe being getting all the kinks out just yet. So hopefully it'll be something yeah. that'll progress like the more they get experience with it and all that. But yeah, uh, yeah, because from my experience, if it's going to be on this Oculus Rift or any of these other ones like the Samsung Gear thing, mm. um. I, th- I think it's going to need more work yeah. to, to be a fully I'm in the bad cave experience. Well, if, hopefully if they need to make it work, they can push it back because I, I know I probably won't be getting one right away. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's definitely something I want to check out. And another thing I thought of too, if they're doing this whole virtual reality thing with Batman, the animated series, how about do something that's based off the episode. What is reality with the Riddler has that whole virtual reality world that he drops Gordon in. And then Batman has to go in and save him. I think that'd be really cool. I mean, how can you not do that? It's virtual reality as part of that story. And when you really have that technology, you got to do that. <laughs> Play on that chessboard and that uh, that theme park that Riddler created for Batman. I think that'd be so cool to experience. So what if it's uh, what if the main thing of this uh, experience is I've got Batman in my basement? <laughs> like, like, You're well, it's like it simulates you just sleeping knocked out on a bed and you see the kid Sherman and Roberta the penguin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what if it's what if it's that and, and it's not the bad game? The climax of it is uh, you get to fight Penguin with a screwdriver at Batman. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know what? The bad cave is a little too hard for us. So let's go easier. Yeah. <laughs> let's do the easiest thing, a basement. Eye <laughs> strain, eye strain, that's what it's called. Oh, I see. That would probably be yeah. a problem for me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what it was called. I, I have I just... real bad eyes, and they're sensitive. Like, even if I, I have a window open in the sun, but it'll hurt my eyes and give me the headache for the rest of the day if I peek out. <laughs> or um, do, do you wear glasses? I wear contacts. I used to wear glasses, but my eyes are really um, bad. You know when you first got your glasses, mm-hmm. you put them on, you read, you did went about your daily business, mm-hmm. and then your eyes started to hurt or your head started to hurt yeah. because it was like something different? Yeah, that's what the Oculus feels like. Great, yeah, you dampened my excitement. Right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, I'm just being honest. Tim. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm curious to see whoever gets like full hands-on experience with it to see how it is. Hopefully, it will be something that's good because it just sounds so cool. <laughs> it takes me into the animated series world, which is what I want. That's that's right. Speaking of the animated series, the third volume of the soundtrack came out this week. Now, this track list has got some songs that I've been waiting for, like uh, Night of the Ninja. That's, that episode has an awesome soundtrack. But uh, I went to go to pre-order it, and then I saw the price tag for it. I was like, I don't remember being that expensive. like $60 for the soundtrack. <laughs> like, I don't remember paying that for the first two volumes. Like, How many discs is it? It's four discs, but still, like, oh. 60 bucks. Like, wow. <laughs> Just think I, of it as a box set. You remember box sets? Yeah. There used to be, like, a Tower Records or Sound yep. Video or something. <laughs> Like I couldn't Those used get to be it. expensive. I couldn't get it this week, so I don't have to wait on it <laughs> before I can get that. But just gonna be sold out by the time oh, I know. You get paid or whatever. Oh, which I hope not. <laughs> also, too, I don't know if you heard about this. Did you hear the whole thing about DC um, trying to up the price for uh, the Batman title up to four ninety nine? Yeah, Batman? I did, and 
I was just disappointed in, in uh, DC for doing yeah, that. Yeah, like, come on. We know it's your best title, but stop. What happened to drawing the line at 299? <laughs> yeah, I know. And never mind. So I don't want to get pissed yeah. off. No, but this is the cool thing about it. Like, it was yeah. brought to Scott Snyder's and Greg Capullo's attention on Twitter. It was like, what? I, like, I assure you guys, we just found out about this now, but we're in the process of talking to DC to kind of straighten this out and get this back till 399. And so, so I think. I want to say just a few days ago or earlier this week, they they succeeded in their quest. <laughs> Scott yeah. Snyder tweeted saying that DC Comics has agreed to return the price of Batman to three ninety nine following this issue thirty five. So I think it was just really cool of them to kind of step up for their book and not just say, well, it's out of our hands, it's DC's call, but they actually went to them and I imagine they were the biggest vocal uh, presence there trying to get them to lower the price. I just thought it was just cool that the creative team did that for the fans <laughs> who've just been so supportive of their books. Yeah, but on the other on the other hand, it's it's kind of like a dirty move for DC yeah. because everybody knows that you know Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's Batman is some of the best comics you know of the New Fifty Two, and they're milking that for everything that they can get. I mean, that's why I don't buy annuals anymore because I don't want to pay eight dollars yeah. for four crappy stories throwaway stories yeah i gotta be you real know? i'm real careful with annuals now i mean that's to be get really good reviews for me to buy it like you said yeah it's yeah too pricey man yeah. i remember I, I remember the time when um annuals used to be good you know all the stories used to be good yeah, but... then, now it's just throwaway stories yeah stuff that really doesn't matter some of them over here and there are pretty good but yeah you're just right yeah. for, for the most part it's crap and it's filler. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's why I don't buy annuals anymore. And to me, this is, like I said, this is just a dirty move by DC. You know, trying to take advantage of your fans. Yeah, I just hope it was like a good meeting where they don't do anything. Oh, we got to get rid of Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they'd be the worst if they did that. Like, no. it, <laughs> even... it, it wouldn't be shooting themselves in the foot it'd be shooting them, themselves in the head yeah <laughs> i think if they did that a new reboot was gonna have to happen <laughs> to get their sales back <laughs> uh but also i thought that was cool but another thing that came out this week i didn't put this on the show notes i don't know if you have to check it out does the image the leaked image of a concept art for robin's costume that tim burton was going to use for if he was going to do Batman 3, did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> I, I saw that, and that was terrible. Yeah, I was like, what is that? Like, the only way you know is Robin, because you could kind of see a yeah, little yeah. R on there. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It doesn't even look like Robin at all. <laughs> yeah, his hair. That's the worst part of it. What's with his hair? <laughs> I know. I mean, it's your, it's your typical late 80s, early 90s hairstyle. Yeah. <laughs> and it's flowy, and it's popping up top. That does he have a mask on, or is that? Yeah, it's a mask, like it's a big mask, too. Yeah, like it covers yeah. the sides of his face, too. I just thought they didn't finish his face because <laughs> it's just concept art. But yeah. Uh, yeah, like I sent this out of the trees, like another bullet dodge right here. <laughs> it's country blessings that we didn't get to see that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure, we got to see Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, but. At least we, we didn't get to see that. <laughs> Have you heard of this new of this documentary, documentary that was to come out chronicling the development of the Superman Lives movie with Nicolas Cage? Yeah, yeah. That looks really was... interesting to see. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> you see the director was saying that Chris uh, Nicolas Cage would have been like one of the best Superman. Yeah, I don't know about that, but <laughs> yeah. I really want to see what 
that documentary when it comes out because I just want to see the progress of this movie and just how crazy it was going to be. I kind of don't because I I saw that that uh, leaked image of uh, Nicolas Cage in the <laughs> Superman outfit and I mean it, it's that total 90s. I mean yeah, it's, 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 it's like they took the 90s Superman and put him on Nicolas Cage's face. <laughs> <laughs> He was gonna go through various different costumes too throughout the movie. Like there was this regenerative costume, and isn't there a black one too? Yeah, and then the like yeah. the regular Superman suit, which from the pictures looked kind of purple. So it was just a film <laughs> how the picture was taken. But uh... <laughs> talk about another bullet being dodged. That was like a yeah. a rocket launcher being dodged. I think. Oh no, 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 Tim. That was like a hydrogen bomb yeah. being dodged. <laughs> oh man. No, no, sorry. That's like an asteroid. Being yeah. <laughs> the human race would have been wiped out by that. Yes, movie. like, whew, thank God it it missed us by three miles or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the last piece of news that just came out today is that it looks like Warner Brothers is going to fast track a Lego Batman movie, which yeah. I haven't seen the Lego movie yet. I heard it's really good. I want to, and that Will Arnett uh, did a great job as Batman in the movie. So, and yeah. I love the Lego Batman game, so this would be pretty cool. But I, I just that's... think that, yeah. I just think that's really cool that they're going to make a Lego Batman yeah. movie. <laughs> I don't know why. I haven't seen the Lego movie, but it just, it just sounds really cool and just random to me. Yeah, <laughs> random's a good word. But everyone says Batman's like the best part of the movie, even though the movie's really good, but Batman's like the one everyone talks about in it. Yeah. Well, that was cool to hear. So we're getting two Batman movies on the future, Batman v Superman and this one. Maybe this will be the one Ben Affleck directs. <laughs> yeah. You know, it'd be funny if uh, this is the better movie, the Lego movie. Uh, the movie. <laughs> I'm sure for some people it will. <laughs> but but I, it's but it's great. You got something for the kids, and you got something for the adults now. Yeah, I think the adults are gonna like it just as much as the kids too. If it's anything like yeah. the games for me, but from what I hear from people who've seen the first Lego movie, if it's as good as that, it should be good all the way around. So good on warner brothers for doing that yeah those games are so fun especially the star like the star wars ones yeah have you ever played those oh yeah <laughs> especially if you play it co-op yeah like somebody else. those games are really really fun i still want to try the lord of the rings one though those ones look really cool yeah you can skip it <laughs> hey you're a lord of the rings fan now <laughs> you can't be talking yeah about yeah i guess so but i guess that's pretty much all the news and topics that happened this week that caught our attention so Guess we can go on and move to listener feedback slash conversation with Alex. And do I'm you surprised have... you got that. Yes, <laughs> I got something right. But Dane, I trust you have Alex's email because yeah, I, I just don't. forgot to forward it to you. <laughs> now I'm going to be stumped on the questions he has. Okay, it's good. Time to read it. Okay, so Alex, Tim is going in blind on this one. <laughs> so if he gives a crap answer, you know why. <laughs> Uh, but Alex says goodbye bat haters when you guys said you were doing a bizarro episode I assumed you were going to do bizarro talk the whole episode <laughs> we should have I don't think I can do that <laughs> they could just give me it, it'll give me a brain aneurysm uh, me think it would be really bad <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he says I think you guys made the right choice since all our brains would have been would have probably exploded within the first five minutes. <laughs> I think I could at least give a traditional bizarro greeting, though. Anyways, excellent episode as always. I haven't watched any of Gotham yet, so I can't comment on the series, but I'm glad to hear that you guys enjoyed it. 
I skipped out completely on the future end event. After hearing Tim's reviews, it seemed like a good decision. Yes. <laughs> now that I <laughs> now that I know. Oh yeah. And by the way, uh, Tim, I did not read any of the future end stuff. Well, good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I read three of them and I didn't like any of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said, "Now that I know what happened, I'm not happy up." about the direction of the DC universe. I don't understand how this is all going to happen in five years unless they plan on rebooting again. Exactly. Stuff like Batman clones and Hal being infused with the source well well, is something I could never fathom. As for what happened in Batman Beyond, I think that sounded horrible. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility since the return of the Joker made Bruce out to be a jerk, kicking Tim off the team for killing the Joker. Or at least that's what Paul Dini said. Went down in that movie? What? What? Or at least that's what Paul Dini said went down in that movie. I can't see someone so responsible as Batman letting that pregnancy happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, that had to be awkward when you read that, Tim. Oh, yeah. My mouth was the floor when I read that. <laughs> or hit my iPad when I was reading it. <laughs> uh, he says, in the son of the bat. In the son of the demon story, Batman was overly protective of Talia because of her pregnancy. Talia had to lie about having a miscarriage because Bruce was too busy thinking about his unborn child and wife and would have gotten himself killed. I thought Dick wasn't a part of the team because he simply had his own life. I don't want the family family to get ripped apart like that. Now I'm being jabbed with the knife. I trust you, Tim, so I'll just have to read it all if it comes out in trade yes please do it's really good i mean yeah it makes you think that like uh, you don't want to see this happen but it's no family's perfect it's particularly the bat family in the animated series universe <laughs> but it makes for some good drama uh but he says in regards to justice league gods and monsters chronicles i cannot wait i will watch anything dc that bruce tim is involved in see tim you do have a supporter yes, in your addiction <laughs> to anything Bruce Tim. Um, but he has two questions. Sorry, I was going to say three. Uh, two questions. His first question is, what creative team do you think had the best interpretation of Batman, of the Batman mythos? You can include any comic, TV series, or movie to be your favorite. Oh. A creative team can be a whole movie series. So if you want to include all four of the Burton Schumacher Batman movies as your favorite, you can. I know Dane will probably pick that one since he loves them more light than the butchering of Mr. Freeze's <laughs> beloved Heart of Ice origin. <laughs> um, but he says, for me, it's Frank Miller's 80s Batman run. The more I read them, the more I appreciate how much he added to the Batman mythos to the mythos he had an amazing he did an amazing job keeping the fantasy the fantasy element of gotham but keeping it grounded as possible it's the same reason why the nolan movies are probably my second favorite so tim well th thankfully since i didn't get to read this email this is a no-brainer easy question for me <laughs> the animated series team bruce tim paul dini eric Radomski, alan burnett the crew behind that series created my definitive Batman. And to me, there could be no other choice. So yeah, such a no brainer for me. Thank you, Alex, for the easy question. <laughs> How about you, Dave? Is it, 
is it Batwoman like Alex says? I mean, not Batwoman, but the Burton Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> or is it just going to be Batwoman, even though it's not necessarily Batman? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just go with Batwoman. I mean, <laughs> if you haven't read any Batwoman ever, you really want to read that book for just a great read. It's so well written and drawn. You're missing out on a lot, Tim. <laughs> But I mean, you gotta pick something of Batman though, some storyline or universe. Okay, I'll, I'll just say the Nolan movies. Okay. I mean, how can you get any better than that? Oh, easy animated series. <laughs> <laughs> you and that animated series. Seriously, stop with the animated series, man. Twenty-two years later, and it's still going strong. It's like you're you're a drug addict, Tim, but your drug is Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> if only I can get more of it, I could consume it all. <laughs> but his second question is, how do you think Batman would fare as a Jedi? As a Jedi, or would he be fired since he isn't a cold-blooded monster that love that hates love? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Batman the Jedi, I think, would be the ultimate most powerful character to ever exist <laughs> with the <laughs> batman's ability just as a normal human put that with force powers and give him a lightsaber if he had the training from the start man he'd be unstoppable uh, and then he says if not a jedi how do you think batman would adapt to the star wars universe uh, that would be the ultimate <laughs> world collide story i want to see batman in the star wars universe taking my favorite character into my favorite universe oh, <laughs> i would just love to see the possibilities but he might kind of have a little anakin in him like you said he's not gonna he's gonna have the love and relationships that uh he has in the in his own story so bring that into the jedis could cause some problems maybe he'd be like anakin but at the end of the day he'd make the right choice and not the bad choice proving that he would well, be technically he, Jedi. technically yeah Anakin did make the right choice. He just didn't know it. Yeah, Nobody knew it. Yeah, he didn't make the right choice. <laughs> what? So, so if he let the good guys win, the Jedi win, the the Clone Wars and the war against the Sith, then the Force would be balanced. Well, technically, because you know, there's a lot of theories on the balance of the Force. The Force wouldn't really be in balance since the dark side and the Sith wouldn't have much power and would only right. be focused on the light. So maybe it wouldn't be in balance, but the universe probably would have been in peace or the galaxy for a little bit now that the Clone Wars would end it. I mean, sure, a new threat would arise and maybe maybe the Jedi would have become corrupt anyways, <laughs> like Palpatine lied and said they would. Who knows what the possibilities. Yeah, that'd be a cool what-if story. What happens if Anakin chose to help Mace and kill Palpatine right there? Then you can carry on what the story progress after that because they had these comics called Star Wars Infinities for mm -hmm. A New Hope, Return of the Jedi and Empire. Like, what if Luke missed the blowing up the death star or what if luke died on hoth is this stuff like that like what would happen those are pretty fun stories to read i would always wanted them to do it for the prequels what they never did but yeah i just love those what if stories but to answer right. your question alex batman would be the best jedi ever <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's uh alex's email thank you alex we love you man just remember we love you yes we do as always <laughs> But we also got an email from Jake. And I just got to bring it up now. <laughs> there it is. Jake says, title just checking in, Konnichiwa, fellas. <laughs> well, for the last three months, my life has been a country song, and one of the many things I haven't had lately is the time and the hardware to listen to podcasts. I just finished episode 66 and should be caught up soon. I know I'm a little late, but there, I know I'm a little late here. 
but there are a couple of things I wanted to weigh in on related to episode 66. First off, for the name change, I thought since the Bat fans are dudes and all the guests have been as well, maybe change the name to Bat fans without cans. <laughs> That's a good name. But we did have uh, Laura on back in way up like episodes 20 or something like that during the death of the family arc she was on two episodes so it hasn't just all just been dudes and guys on the podcast <laughs> we can at least say we had one female presence on here that he says at second the batman moment that drained the most sissy water from me <laughs> was the ending to flashpoint the animated movie going into the movie i knew that moment was coming since it was in the comic but that still didn't pre- prepare me for how hard it hit me you can stop here if you guys need a moment all right, Tim second. needs a moment. Yes. Excuse me, I'm going to dry my eyes. <laughs> okay, I, I think I'm back. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can't remember if we mentioned that on our most emotional Batman moments, but if we didn't, that's definitely a great pick to put in there. Like you said, in the comic, and it was done really well in the movie too. Since Kevin Conroy did the voice, you wouldn't expect anything less too. So <laughs> good call on that one. All right, back to business, he says. I wanted to rec- recommend to you and the listeners a documentary that is on Netflix right now called I know that voice. It's about the voice over acting world and features tons of actors we all know and love. There is a section in the movie where they talk about iconic voices and the Joker is brought up and discussed. So be prepared because when that happens, you are going to say, oh my God, what happened to Mark Hamill? (laughs) Seeing him made me think about how he's going to be used in episode seven. I think in every scene, he will be in some sort of hover chair like Rigel from the TV show Farscape. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen him now? Jake, yeah, he looks, you gotta see him now. Yeah, he looks yeah. in shape and ready to go, especially with that big beard he has. Yeah, big beard. <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I have seen that uh, that documentary on Netflix. Uh, yeah, D. Bradley Baker's in there. Um, James Arnold Taylor's in there. Uh, I think Ashley Eckstein's in there. I'm not sure. Um, what's her name? Uh, Tara Strong is in there too. Well, yeah, I heard about the documentary, but was on uh, Netflix until Jake sent this email. So like, when I first time I saw this email, oh, I'm going to have to watch it now this weekend. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for a heads up there, Jake. So I'd heard about it. I wanted to see it, but I didn't know it was on there. So now I can't wait. But then he finishes by saying, in regards to the documentary, other people of interest in the Star Wars and Batman-related universes are Kevin Conrad, Diedrich Bader, Clancy Brown, Andrea Romano, Tara Strong, James Arnold Taylor, and D. Bradley Baker. Thanks and keep up the good work. Well, yeah, hearing all those names and what you said, Dane, yeah, it's going to be a must-watch for me. <laughs> That's for sure. It's going to be like total geek-out moments everywhere with Star Wars and the Batman and just yeah. other cartoons I'm sure they talk about growing up watching. Yeah, it's actually really interesting because they, they not only talk about how to do voiceover, but like they give like a history of like vo- voiceover oh, going nice. back to like Looney Tunes. Oh, really cool. Yeah, like it's 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 pretty pretty interesting. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I got something to watch this weekend. <laughs> but then real quickly, Jake sent a follow-up email after he got further along to episode 66. He says, just read the part about diabetes on episode 66. And how weird is it that two of the three emailers are type 1? Corbin, buddy, I've been type 1 since I was 21. I'm 35 now. Any questions? Shoot me an email. So there you go, Corbin. You got someone you could talk to more with more information on diabetes than me and Dane did. <laughs> That's for sure. Who would have thought that we would bring two people that are diabetic together? Yeah. On that, on that <laughs> but but diabetes is 
like the killing joke. It'll never go away on this podcast, it seems. <laughs> hey, killing joke hasn't come up yet so far. <laughs> okay, good. I should just keep my mouth shut then. Because if I don't, if I open my mouth, then I'll get into, get into more trouble and people will, be, will, will freak out over what I say again. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Corbin, no email from Corbin this week. He did send me uh, a message on Twitter saying he's very sorry and he promised he'll do, do one for the next episode. So you know what that minutes. means? You know what that means, Tim? No tweets from Corbin this episode? No tweets from Corbin. <laughs> That's the penalty. <laughs> but we can do tweets from Kyle Higgins if you want to. As long as it has Batman Beyond 2.0 stuff in there. <laughs> okay. Hold on. I, I just have to find him on my Twitter. Hopefully you don't follow a lot of people named Kyle, so when you type in the name, a bunch of Kyles come up. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Or here someplace. The new segment, Search for Kyle Higgins' Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah, Search for Kyle Higgins. Because I, I don't know his Twitter handle. Um, it should just be I, at Kyle Higgins, I think. Really? Isn't it like Kyle D. Higgins or something? It's Yeah, it's at Kyle D. Higgins, you're right. One word? Yep. Okay. Hold on, I'm just going to search for it. At Kyle D. D. Higgins. Okay. Hopefully it's not some stranger. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. What's Kyle Higgins up to? So tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., I'm going to do some writer portfolio reviews at the Comics comics Experience booth. I won't be reading anything. <laughs> what? That's good to know. <laughs> but it'll be more talking with people about writing, what they want to do, and any advice I can hopefully give. That sort of thing. So if you're at the show and you're right comics, what? <laughs> wow, that that that's really good of a writer. <laughs> you can't write a tweet. Yeah, you can't write. So if you're at the show and you're right or want to write comics, come hang out, booth twenty one oh seven. There you go. <laughs> All right. So so let's see what else is going on in the life of Kyle Higgins. Gotta have something better than that. <laughs> Anyone at New York Comic Con want a first printing of Cowl 1? You should stop by my table, Artist Alley H7. Good to know, but still, that's not better. Come on, we gotta get a good tweet in there. Uh, that's the cover, co- cover for Cowl. It's hard to say. <laughs> it's the cover for Cowl, written by Kyle Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just read the first one. Oh, no, that's not him. Uh, New York Red Eye, here we come. Going to post my New York Comic Con schedule in a little bit here. But a quick note, we'll be announcing something really cool and Kyle-related on the image panel tomorrow. I'm sorry, tweets from Kyle Higgins just isn't the same as tweets, tweets from Corbin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, you, you're pretty much in man love with Kyle Higgins. Right? <laughs> so I figure... We can check up on how Kyle Higgins is doing since he's not going to be on uh, any Batman book or any DC book for a while. Don't remind me. (laughs) Oh, he replied to Greg Capullo. He says, that's awesome. My dad made colorant for 40 years. (laughs) I used to work in paint shops and as a painter. Wow, I didn't know that. See, Tim, you didn't know that about Kyle Higgins. Uh 
It's better when it's not him talking about where he's at, yeah. the New York Comic Con, <laughs> and what booth he's in. Uh, you shall be pleased to know, Tim, that he has purchased his Interstellar IMAX tickets. Uh, <laughs> so, and he, well, they'll be there opening weekend. <laughs> yes, he probably will, so you can go follow him around. He's got to figure out which theater he's going to. You know, he, uh, and, the audience, when I went to the Justice League Doom premiere, he was actually in the theater audience and asked the question, but I, I think that was the time. Like, he wasn't writing for DC, He right? was. It just started. The new oh. 52 was just kicking off, and no one really knew who he was. So he like, he kind of had to say, oh, yeah, I'm the writer for Nightwing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he loves that animated stuff. That's why his comics are so good. <laughs> <laughs> but finally, his final tweet that I'll mention, he just says, happy Wednesday, and there's a picture of two pandas hugging. all right so so that's what's going on in the life of kyle higgins so every episode we check up on him see how he's doing things like that i'm afraid one of the days or one of the episodes we're going to see a tweet just finished my last uh story for batman beyond and i'm going to start crying (laughs) or we're gonna uh we're gonna receive a tweet from him saying at Batfans27, please stop reading my tweets on your show, <laughs> on your crappy show. <laughs> that would be both good and bad. Good because listening, but bad because he wants us to stop. Uh, but anyway, is that is that all of our emails? That's all of our emails, yes. All right, cool. So we can go into our comic reviews. And as always, we got to say we're going to be spoiler, spoiler heavy, especially for this episode because some big stuff happened in Batman number 35 that I can't wait to talk about. So <laughs> if you haven't read it yet, I don't want to ruin the surprise because it's really cool. So well, I hope I'm not building up too much, but it was really cool for me and <laughs> you don't want to be spoiled on it. So come back and uh, listen to the section after you read the comics. And Dane, I think I got a good uh, rating scale for this episode. Okay, let's hear it. It might be long. But how about Forrest Gump trivia questions that we got wrong while eating at Bubba Gump restaurants? <laughs> <laughs> Or how about uh, Wade Davis's beard? Nah, I like the Forrest Gump one better. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm just looking at a picture of Wade Davis and he has <laughs> a beard. Yeah, and they barely just won the game too. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. All right, so for this episode, we got October 1st and October 8th. For October 1st, we're gonna do our Batman. Oh, by the way, we just got a new follower. Oh, sweet. Who is it? The oh, notification no, no, no. just came up on my phone. No, wait, it's a favorite. Yeah. Never mind. Also. False alert. Uh-huh. False alarm. It's from Movie Pilot. They're back yeah. a pretty good big website, so that's cool. <laughs> what is it? It's for our the tweet I made last night after I read Batman and Detective. No, no, no. I meant what's uh, Movie Pilot? Uh, they're just a big like movie entertainment website. Oh. Yeah, I have over twenty eight thousand followers. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. So we got a long way to go to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, October first, we got Batman Eternal recap. For issues 26 and 27, Detective Comics number 35, and then for October 8th, Batman 35, and speaking of Batman Beyond and Kyle Higgins, my review of the fifth arc from Batman Beyond 2.0. So to start off, I'll go ahead and do the recap for Batman Eternal issues 26 to 27. And I'm actually, <laughs> I was thinking about it right now, and I was going to talk about issue 27 before 26. <laughs> I got confused for a second. But issue 26... This one starts off with the, after the, the Bat family rescued Bruce from the building that Hush blew up when he went to confront Bard. And then everyone's there, Batgirl, Red Hood, 
Tim, Alfred's daughter. They're kind of basically just asking Bruce to tell him the whole story, like what's going on, who's behind it, like who's Hush, and what's his plan, what do we need to do? So it was kind of a cool moment, this kind of seeing Bruce lay like the foundation down as far as what their plan is and what Hush is up to and what they're going to do next. But it was kind of the main thing Tim taking charge at the end was like saying, like, we'll do everything we can to stop the riots and everything from before it gets out of control, but you just have to go stop Hush. So there was kind of telling Bruce, like, leave the chaos that's going on in Gotham to us. You just take care of us. But actually, I should say this before I go on any further. The art in this issue. See, I hate critiquing Argus, artists Uh-oh. because I can't draw for nothing. But the art in this issue was really bad. <laughs> I didn't the like artist? it. It was by, um, let me look it up real quick. R.M. Uh, Guerrera. Hmm. Never heard of him. Yeah, it's just the way he draws the faces. Like, their, the faces look fat, and some of the face facial expressions <laughs> just look weird. And that girl did not look good at all in one shot. <laughs> almost looks like it's a guy <laughs> dressed up. Oh, man. Gosh, it was just really bad. It took me out of that whole sequence with Bruce talking to the rest of the Bat family in there, telling him about Hush and everything. Then seeing Alfred in the hospital, he looks bigger than usual. <laughs> like, I don't remember Alfred putting on that much weight. So yeah, the art was really bad in this issue. It took me out of it a little bit, but um, we get to see the mayor kind of declaring martial law, which is going to be enforced in Gotham now. But mainly the whole focus of this issue is Batman telling Alfred's daughter about uh, Hush's origin, telling him how he first knew Tommy Elliot, the whole thing where he killed his parents so he can have this be, be like Bruce because he was kind of like kid who just wanted to be Bruce and just was like real happy. There's this creepy shot where he tells Bruce that his parents were in an accident. He just jumps into Bruce's arms. And the first panel looks like he's like sobbing and crying that he lost, lost his parents and saying, we're the same now, Bruce. But then the next panel, he has this weird freaking smile on his face. Like he's so happy about it. But then you just see them later on in life in high school where Tommy tries to get a date with a girl telling he was Bruce Wayne. And Bruce just had it up to here with them. He's saying like, stay away from me. Like you don't understand anything about me. Like I don't want to see you anymore. So we're getting the origin from him. And then we see kind of Tommy Elliott's Joker moment where he smashes his face in a mirror. It looks like that classic shot of Joker's face in the mirror after it's smashed. His face is all bleeding. Then he puts the bandages on. So, and I can't remember too much if that's exactly how it was pre new 52 for his origin story, but it just, it felt similar enough where I don't think there was too many changes to it. So this issue is pretty much just a retelling of Hush's origin story, which is fine, but nothing really significant happened too much in this issue where, it ends with a uh, spoiler confronting her dad and the clue master in jail to kind of just stick it to him by uploading some information about him where it's going to expose him as like some worthless villain who can't do anything. She even says like, now everyone's going to see that you're the, like the most like irrelevant, worthless supervillain out there. But then it turns out someone hacked her system or her phone. And instead of posting the information about Clue Master, she accidentally sent a message online about a bounty being posted on her for her for like $100 million. So that's what's going to go on in spoilers world <laughs> in the next few issues. And then we get some panels of the Bat family taking out the gangs and some of the quieting the riot that's going on in Gotham City. But then an issue ends where in the hospital where Alfred was, we find out that he's not there anymore. And the doctors are saying like, what happened? He was just here a few days ago. But then Dr. Thomas Elliott comes in and says, he moved Mr. Pennyworth to a facility that better suits his needs. 
Then the last page, we see he's in Arkham. <laughs> he wakes up, and the Joker's daughter is just staring at him, and that's where the issues end. So it was a good issue, nothing great. The art was really bad on it, <laughs> like I said. I'm going to have to knock it, uh, some points off of it there. So I'm going to give it a solid three out of five uh, Forrest Gump trivia questions that we got wrong while eating at Bubba Gump Shrimp Restaurants. <laughs> this one, the art took a lot out of it for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> so... I think it probably would have been a three and a half, maybe a four if it wasn't for the art, but yeah, I had to knock some points off of it there. But issue 27, the art was better on this issue, but I don't think the story was as good as the issue 26 was. I mean, this is one of those ones where it sounded like a lot of things were going on in one issue, but not enough time to tell it because you got uh, this thing with Croc trying to find that little girl Jade that him and Batman and Bard saved in previous issues he's looking for her. and then you get Batgirl which I wanted to see more of where she actually confronts Bard she's about to interrogate him and he thinks it's Batman sneaking up behind her but it's actually Batgirl and so she's all oh, you're gonna wish it was Batman who's sneaking up on you but then we don't get to see that till the very end of the issue where it's basically Batgirl just hanging Bard down from a high building like Batman usually does but we don't see if he cracks and if Batgirl gets the information that she needs because she's trying to figure out why Gordon hasn't been released from jail when they gave him the information. So I wanted to see more of that, but we didn't really get it. This issue has to deal with that little girl, Jade. She was taken to like her only family relative, who I guess who could have custody for her, it turned out to be a gangster, someone who collects wild animals in his own home. And <laughs> one thing about this issue, I think they might be leaning towards I don't know if they're going to go this route, but I think that little girl Jade might be Selena Kyle's daughter because they kept saying, like, her. Because in the previous issue, they made a point where Selena and that her former mod boss, like the guy by the name Lion, who was Falcone's kind of mentor, like, he took Selena Kyle under her wing, raised her up as to be the criminal. But then they're making points here that she's the one who can unite, like, the crime families and bring order to the mob. And they're kind of giving hints about that with this girl Jade, too, making something ties to her mother so i just i don't know i'm getting the vibe that that might be revealed that she's selena kyle's daughter we'll see if that plays out but we got batman and catwoman teaming up trying to get more information from different game members to find out where hush is at catwoman's kind of doing it to help batman at the same time doing it for her own to get some money but then it finds out that this mob guy who has jade in custody is kind of talking to these other mob bosses who are kind of like the second tier mobs after penguin and falcone and all those people and so he gives us this girl jade to this other criminal who uh, mr bone was his name he has this like skeleton face and he says that this girl can give you catwoman because this guy has it in for catwoman so by the end of this issue we get uh jade going back to catwoman's apartment catwoman's all what are you doing here then it ends with that guy mr bones or See that Mr. B- I want to say Mr. Bones, but then he gets referred to as the Skull too. So I'm not sure what his name was. I think it might be just Bones. I don't know. Well, it's some reference to skeleton, so I'll say that. So it just Skull face. <laughs> maybe that's it. So it ends with him about to attack Catwoman, and that's where the issue ends. And then we get a moment with Spoiler making herself known to Batman as she stops that uh, villain Flamingo, who was in Grant Morrison's early Batman and Robin one. So the spoilers making her presence known to Batman, and I'm sure they'll team up eventually pretty soon. But this issue was just okay. Uh, I'll probably just give it two and a half out of five uh, Forrest Gump's trivia questions that we got wrong while eating at Bubba Gump Shrimps. So these two issues weren't as strong as the last few that we got, but still hasn't fully dipped down into bad quality where it's like, oh, I want to drop it and stop reading it. <laughs> so that's still good. 
But then Detective Comics number 35. This one was a pleasant surprise, really, because it wasn't by uh, Brian Bruccellato and uh, Francis Manipal. I guess they're taking a brief hiatus. I think this is going to be a two-issue arc. But this is a story that didn't feel like a Batman story, but it was actually really entertaining and good. It was by Benjamin Percy and the art by John Paul Leon. And the art style for it was really cool, too. It just fit the story that they're telling. It reminded me a little bit of the style of for year one, which was pretty cool. So it basically it's called Terminal. It takes place at an airport where Bruce is trying to get away from everything, take a little mini vacation with Alfred. But then there's some trouble. There gets report of a plane heading to the airport that's not slowing down or taking calls. And uh, Bruce is asking Alfred, like, why haven't we left yet? Alfred's like, I'd rather not stay. And he's like, why? And he's all, because if we do, it's going to hinder our uh, schedule, like, to leave on time and for you to go to your vacation. Because he knows Batman's going to have to get involved. And that's what happens. And so the plane just runs into the airport. It doesn't stop. It crashes into the airport, causing tons of damage. And there's this great panel that shows the plane crashing into the airport. You see people running away, glass being shattered about everywhere. Just a really cool panel that shows the destruction and just really the intensity of the plane just crashing through the airport and the chaos it's causing. It's a really cool art there. So Batman gets involved, of course. He goes into the airport. Not to say it was a pretty cool sequence. Something that you would kind of maybe a little cliche and you'd probably see in movies and times, but you see the airplane running towards a little girl who can't get out of the way. Then you see her getting swung away in the panty to see briefly with the Batman's cape. And he just puts her down and is already gone. Just a typical Batman movie, but still cool nonetheless to see. But as Batman gets into the airplane, he sees that everyone's already dead in there. And it looks like they died of old age or it's like they're already decaying and some are like almost becoming skeletons. Like they've been dead in here for a very long time. So that's the mystery of like, these people were obviously in this plane not too long ago. So how did they die? And how did it look like they died of old age and their bodies already decaying? So that's the big mystery that Batman and this uh, police uh, officer who's not, I don't believe someone we've seen before in, like, in the Gotham City, the police department. But he's not someone who doesn't want Batman there or like, I got this Batman, we don't need you. He's actually willing to work with Batman, which is kind of nice to see. So the issue ends with they get a video or they have to quarantine the whole airport because they don't know how these people died, how like this is some type of disease or some type of uh, virus that they have to contain so it doesn't get out anywhere. But before the issue ends, I was thinking, like, who could do this? And, like, this is going to be the mystery of the of this two-issue arc. Like, how did this happen? Who's behind it? But we get the answer of who's behind it. It's basically just a terrorist plot by not, like, one of Batman's main villains, but just someone who's just basically kind of fitting in with the times right now what we're seeing going on with terrorism with someone making a threat he says it's pretty much all because he's not happy with what america has become and that what they're destroying the earth and all that so his demands are they need the u.s to withdraw all troops from the middle east and then he says that he doesn't explain how those people die but he says that if you don't withdraw your troops this whole thing that caused the death on this plane is going to spread through all out the country so it's kind of a different plot that we don't see batman handle too much like the terrorism uh theme for the story but it's a good mystery of how true to the detective comics name batman trying to figure out how these people died and what's behind it but just a very clever issue something different for batman that we haven't read too much and the art was really good that fit the tone so this was a present surprise as, as i was reading it so i'm going to go ahead and give it Four out of five Forrest Gump trivia questions that we got wrong while eating at Bubba Gump's uh, restaurants. So if you haven't picked this one up yet, Dane, I recommend checking it out.
And then we're going to move on to October 8th, which is the big one, the big issues for me. <laughs> I got Batman number 35, the first start of Endgame part one. And oh boy, did it get started off with a bang. <laughs> and this one, I have to say, I stayed away from like reading too much on it. I don't know really how much was revealed for it, but I'm going into it pretty fresh, which is kind of cool. So it begins in typical Scott Snyder fashion where he's telling the story that you don't know how it's going to fit into the overall story arc of Endgame, but you know it's going to play a part somewhere later down the line. He's talking about this theater that Gotham built up um, after Zero Year and how everyone kept pouring money into it. And there has to do with something about this harness they made for to cause some special effects for performances at this theater, which is supposed to like accurately display um, Apollo, the Greek god, descending from the sky to come to Earth. And it's supposed to, this harness is supposed to make it look very realistic. So that's how the issue starts off. But when it gets to the present time, oh, and by the way, I think it said um, in the intro that this story is taking place after um, Batman Eternal. So I'll go ahead and give the one knock on it <laughs> that I have. That since it takes place after Batman Eternal, we know the outcomes of some characters already. Alfred's in this issue. Alfred's daughter Julia's in this issue. So we know they're both going to be okay after Batman Eternal. Which, after reading issue 26, where you saw Batman or Alfred in Arkham with the Joker's daughter, kind of <laughs> lessens the drama of it a bit because I know Alfred's going to be okay because he's in this issue. We'll have to see how he gets out of it, but it still lessens it a little bit, which is a little disappointing. But the issue starts with this really cool moment. There's this big gas cloud covering a whole portion of this Gotham City, and everyone thinks, oh, it's a terrorist attack. What's going on? But then they find out, wait a second, this gas isn't toxic. It's actually kind of harmless. And they're saying, why would anyone do that? And before I get the reveal, I just think to myself, oh, that's cool. You know Batman's doing this. Because everyone evacuated from that area of Gotham. It's almost looking like a sports arena, like a big circle. So everyone's evacuated there. And then you see this big mech suit that Batman comes <laughs> walking out in. And he just says the words, welcome to Gotham. So just the fact that Batman did that to evacuate that a big portion of Gotham City was really cool. But then you're left wondering, okay, why is he doing that? What's going on? But then the issue or the story flashes back about, uh, I think it's 20, about 30 minutes before that event takes place. And it's weird because you see Batman fighting these weird aliens in like this post-apocalyptic world in this weird costume with some other characters that look like Harper Rose Bluebird, but she has a mohawk. And some other character who looks like it's in the Kid Flash costume fighting these aliens. So I hate stories like that. It's like, that what, do that. yeah, like, what is this? But then uh, Bruce wakes up. Because it looks like Batman's going to die in this vision that he's having. But he wakes up by Alfred. And then he's saying Alfred gave him this injection that should stop these visions. But apparently Bruce is having some visions that are going to show, I guess, something that's going to happen, which looks really weird. So I thought that was kind of strange. But I'm curious to see what's going to go on with that. But then Alfred and Julia and Batman or Bruce are cool. He's making his new base kind of in Wade Tower where the Court of Owls made their base at. So that he makes a comment like, oh, this is going to be a good setup as long as <laughs> once we get all this Court of Owls stuff out of here. Could you see like some memorabilia of the Talons, their weapons, some owl statues, the owl coin on there. So that was a cool little back to the Court of Owls. But then as they're joking around, Bruce is actually laughing with Alfred. Something happens that gets their attention. And that is Wonder Woman busting through the window <laughs> and just crushing Bruce to the floor. It just pounds him right there and just flies off with him. But it's a cool uh, how Batman gets out of it. 
of course, like he always does. So right away, even from the cover, I kind of glanced, it's going to be a Batman versus Justice League story, but just wondering to what extent. So you see uh, Bruce tells uh, Alfred and Julia, like, um, like enact this plan to put into effect and not, I believe it was uh, Fenrir or Fenar, if I'm saying it right. <laughs> that's the name of the plan, and that's what causes the gas to crawl all to cover all of Gotham to evacuate it. And he needed to do that because he knows he's gonna have a big fight on his hand with Wonder Woman. He wants no civilians to get in the way. And boy, was this an awesome fight! Because <laughs> not only does he fight Wonder Woman, Flash comes in, you get Aquaman comes in, and then the way Batman, because he actually built this suit to take on the Justice League. And he made this comment like, uh, I've put more money into this suit than like about 60% of the world's nations put into their militaries. <laughs> it's just so awesome to have Batman put that much into the suit to take on the, Dutch, the Justice League. He has this battering that's perfectly timed to stop Flash and stuff this, uh, to take out Aquaman was really cool. So I think like trapped him in some type weird, like, uh, like some weird goo or something that got Aquaman unable to move or at all but of course you know the big guns coming where superman <laughs> ends up attacking batman and then he crashes into that theater i was talking about in the beginning which ties in like scott snyder always does he talks about a greek god descending into the audience well who do you see descending from the top of the theater superman <laughs> and just, oh, batman's telling like why are you guys doing this like you're obviously being mind controlled why they're all saying, well, maybe we're not. Maybe we're just tired of you, and we wanted to do this to get rid of you all along. But, of course, Batman doesn't know. He's telling him, who did this to you? Like, so Superman, who's doing this? And here's the big kicker. Superman says, who? Well, Bruce, then as I flip the page, you see Wonder Woman have a little grin on her face. Flash has a grin a little bigger. Aquaman smiling. And then to say Batman, he goes, no. No, not him. Then Superman says, oh, yes, Bruce. And then the final page, Superman with a big Joker smile on his face. And he says, and no one's going to save you this time. And the Joker laugh is written there. And when I saw that, I almost dropped the call. Like, oh, man. <laughs> like, wow, I did not expect that to happen. Because I knew Scott Snyder said Joker's coming back eventually. They have another story planned for him. But I didn't know it was Endgame. Maybe he said that. And like I said, I didn't read too much into the storyline beforehand. And I did not know the Justice League was going to be involved with this. And I always like Batman versus Justice League stories. I think they're just fun to read, <laughs> seeing Batman take on these powerful beings. But to have it be the Joker who's behind it, I don't think I've read a story where Joker took over or is controlling the Justice League. I know he's gone up against them in stories and kind of put up a good fight to take him down. But to actually have him under his control, like, I've never read that before. That sounds awesome. And now I want to find out how the Joker got in control of members of the Justice League. Because, man, what a way to come back <laughs> from Death of the Family to use the Justice League. Man, it's going to be awesome to find out, and I can't wait. <laughs> I just love that reveal. It was so cool. So thankful I didn't get spoiled on it in any way. But then there was a backup issue where um, it's going to be a, another, I think, a five-part backup to the storyline where there's this doctor for Arkham who goes home, but when she goes there, there's all these inmates in in her home and they were put there by the Joker. And one of them has this crazy story of how the Joker is like this person, you know, these are all mentally insane criminals. They think that the Joker is some powerful being. One of them thinks it's the devil and you saw him formed out of nothing. And he's telling him, he's told us like, we have to tell you these stories of how um, like the Joker came to be and how, like what, what's his plan and all this. And so I think the five part, backup miniseries is going to be each one of these different Arkham inmates telling these different Joker stories because that's what Joker wants them to do. Otherwise, 
Um, I was going to say, like, the best one is going to be the one who survives and the rest he's going to kill. So it should be interesting to see these crazy psychos tell their different stories about the Joker. <laughs> should make for some twisting, twisted backup stories. But, yeah, first part to Endgame started off with a bang. I loved it, probably because I didn't expect <laughs> anything to happen that did happen in the story. And it caught me by surprise. So I'm giving this one the perfect 5 out of 5 for Scump Trivia's questions we got wrong while eating at Bubba Gump restaurants. This issue blew me away. I loved it. Wow, Tim. Yeah, it's like I sent a tweet out, Scott Snyder did it again. <laughs> 5 out of 5. Yeah, so I think this one's supposed to be just like a shorter arc, like 5 or 6 parts, so... Which I think should be good after the long event of Zero Year. So it has to be hooked already. I really can't wait for the next one. But then the final one, Batman Beyond 2.0, the fifth arc. It's a little sad because that means we're winding down. (laughs) We only got to November. But this one was more of a simple story that had to deal with no flashbacks in this one, mainly just in the current Batman Beyond timeline. But it starts off, we see Terry going back to the Justice Lords uh, universe with the Terry there who became Batman. So Terry's kind of training that universe's Terry to be Batman. Just cool seeing two uh, characters in the Batman Beyond universe or the Batman Beyond suit taking on criminals. One of them, Terry's the Terry we know is the, red, the classic red logo. The one in the Justice Lord universe has a gray logo on it, but the suit still looks cool. Just cool seeing them pair up and team up together. But Terry's kind of just using the training thing as an excuse because he really wants, he's been traveling back to that universe like once a week or so to say that he's training the new Terry or that universe is Terry, but the Terry's dad, I'm saying Terry a lot because <laughs> it's those two of them right now, but Terry's dad is still alive in that justice Lord's timeline. So that's the main reason our universe is Terry is going back there because he gets the chance to spend time with his dad, but his dad doesn't know that he's from another universe. He thinks that's his son from there. So they kind of have Terry has to make up some different excuses to say things like, Oh, when I call you, I get static on my phone. Like, there's things like oh just a lot of bad dead zones where I'm at and I have to travel a lot so I just think it's an interesting story point to go with the character to have him going back to that different time universe just so he could be with his dad and Bruce isn't too happy like is he trained well enough like Terry's yeah he's doing good good you don't need to go back there anymore it's like I didn't say we were done I'm still going back there <laughs> but the main focus of the story has to deal with the Royal Flesh game and ink and what happens is that Ghoul the Joker from the Joker's game uh, released the criminal from the very first arc. Uh, his name's Davis, and he killed his father, the mayor. His criminal, or his villain name was Rewire. He's The ghoul released him from prison because he wants to test this new formula out to make him stronger. But the kid's having second thoughts. He's, like, regretting what he's did. And so he's not going to have any part of it. He just goes a separate ways from ghouls. But ghoul still needs to test out this new formula to enhance some power. So he goes to ink. And you know Ink has her vulnerability is water. So with this new formula, she'll be more powerful where she can survive in water. And pretty soon she'll have enough to where she can kind of have a normal physical form. So she needs to do a job, though, to to pay for it. So she enlists the help of Melanie, who was 10 from the Royal Flesh Gang. And she wants her to kind of go back to the Royal Flesh Gang and infiltrate it because... Uh, the queen of the Royal Flesh Game has been trying to get new members since everyone pretty much left <laughs> from the characters we knew from the Batman Beyond TV show. So she kind of makes a deal with Melanie to like tell your mother I want to come back and then we'll betray her and like you'll get your revenge on your mother and we'll get the money and everything will be fine. But she's kind of torn because she doesn't want to go back to that life. She's given up crime. She's dating Terry again. 
So she's kind of having second thoughts, but she ends up doing it. She ends up going with Ink to set up her mother. But what's cool about it, she doesn't go fully unprepared because she ends up telling Terry about it. But we don't know that right away that he's involved in there because when they go to the submarine that they're in where that's the item they're trying to steal, and as they get it, which is another cool part, it was they're not trying to spend money or a bunch of rare items. It's actually just one item Ink was after, and it's uh, Two Faces coin. So I thought that was pretty cool. We did, they don't explain what it was needed for, but I just cool that I was throwing that in there. Maybe we'll get to find out if it plays a bigger part in the story later on. Because then Ink betrays Ten, saying, "Yeah, like you're. I just needed you to do this to stop your mother and get me in here now." pretty much going to leave her in the submarine to die if it's going to blow up. But as she betrays Ten, Ten betrays Ink because Terry was there all along in his uh, <laughs> camouflage bat suit blending in with the environment. They take her out. So it was just a, a lot of cool action sequences with Batman Ink and the Royal Flesh King. I just love those characters in the animated series, so it was cool to see new stories with them and develop the characters a little further with what uh, Melanie and Terry's relationship and with Ink too. So Again, Kyle Higgins does a good job continuing the stories and uh, uh, characterizations of these different uh, villains that we knew from Batman Beyond. It's had good backstories, and he's continuing them good with these new stories. So I just love that. And then we find out that the uh, Two-Face's coin didn't go down with the sub when it blew up, but no one's admitting it to having it. Ink doesn't have it. Terry confronts Melanie about it. She said she doesn't have it. But then she realizes Terry doesn't really believe that she's giving up her life for crime, so they break up again. But then the issue sets up, it ends by setting up the next arc where we find out the kid Davis rewire. Um, no, everyone's given a hard time since he killed his dad, so you can, it's kind of understandable. People are afraid of him, they don't want to be near him. So he regrets the whole thing and wants to change it. So he's, he finds out about the portal for the Justice Lord's timeline and how it can be activated. So he goes back to Ghoul. He steals the formula to enhance his power because he wants to go to that universe and bring his dad back to kind of make things okay where no one will hate him anymore. He ends up taking out Ghoul. I don't know if he kills him. kind of looks that way, but I don't think he's totally dead yet, so I don't know. But looks like we're going to get a story going back to the Justice Lord timeline, which I love that arc. And if we had to spend more time there, I think that's going to be cool. So this is another good story arc. Probably not as good or earth shattering like the phantasm and the justice lord arcs were but it was just a good story set into mainly in the batman beyond universe and focused on its characters with ink and the royal flesh gang so i'm going to give this one four out of five four scum trivia questions that we got wrong while eating at the bubba gump restaurants and that's the end of my comic reviews <laughs> are you winded tim my throat is dry right now <laughs> do you drink water I don't have a bottle with me right now. <laughs> oh, man. How, how can you do a podcast without water? I know. I'm going to have to start now. <laughs> I know. Um, so I'll do the outro then. Thank you. But then I'll just have to say my normal pitch, as I always do when I review Batman Beyond 2.0, please read it so DC can bring it back eventually. Because <laughs> I don't want it to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, anyway, uh, we just want to remind you, that this podcast is done, sponsored by Tweaked Audio, so just go over to tweakedaudio.com and place an order for headphones, cheap, affordable headphones. Um, and uh, when you check out, just enter the promo code TVU Saves, and you can get 33% off your entire order, free worldwide shipping. So just go over to tweakedaudio.com. And also go over to 
to the batmanuniverse.net and visit the Batman Universe on Facebook at facebook.com slash thebatmanuniverse or on Twitter and Twitter handle is at batmanuniverse and you can follow all of us on Twitter. Tim's Twitter handle is at timg311. Mine is at Dane says banana. And you can follow the show's Twitter account, right? Is yeah. a Twitter account. <laughs> you, you got all the terminology right. <laughs> okay, good, good. You follow the show's Twitter account. The show's Twitter account is at BatFans27. And you can rate reviews on iTunes as well as all the other Batman Universe podcasts. And you can rate and review us. But, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. See, I, I'm as winded, winded as you are, Tim. <laughs> We're almost uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you can send us an email, I meant to say, with your questions or comments. And you can email us at batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. And you can check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash batfanspodcast. So with that, goodbye, everybody. We love you. We love you very much. Just remember that. We love you. So see you later, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Sign (laughs) off. Oh, Tim. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to be able to get through that. <laughs> Commentary. I mean, the... Comments. Comments. <laughs> it was worth the talk about that. <laughs> I don't know if you know the standard. Really, Tim. Yeah.